Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Northwest Association for Blind Athletes' mission is to provide life-changing opportunities through sports and physical activity to individuals who are blind and visually impaired. Our programs are at no cost to our athletes, and our motto is if you have a body, you are an athlete. Our ongoing programs are non-competitive, and we meet athletes where they are in their physical activity journey. Join us for in-person programming, including tandem biking, snowshoeing, kayaking, swimming, hiking, and more. Or join us for our virtual, high-contrast, and audio-described live workouts weekly. For more information, please call or text 360-448-7254 or email the programs team at programsteam at nwaba.org. Thank you. Hi, do you need a low-cost, efficient, and accessible computer? I know this sounds like an infomercial, but it's true. At Computers for the Blind, we take gently used computers from major corporations. We use volunteers to refurbish them and add a one-year license of JAWS or ZoomText, along with some other helpful software, and then we sell them to folks like you, starting at about $150 for a desktop and $200 for a laptop. You can even upgrade your computer for an additional cost. Please call us at 214-340-6328 or visit us at computersfortheblind.org to order your computer now. That's 214-340-6328 or computersfortheblind.org. Thanks so much and have a great day in conference. Welcome to Hims, your friend and partner for refreshable braille across Washington State. Our friendly staff are here to help you meet your goals. With products like the QBraille XL, a hybrid 40-cell Braille display, or the world's fastest note-taker that everyone is talking about, the all-new BrailleSense 6 running Android 10. We are proud to partner with IREAT in the state of Washington to help you with your refreshable Braille needs. From products to services and world-class training, IREAT is going to be there for you. You can learn more about HIMS Refreshable Braille online at hims-inc.com or visit our partners online at irie-at.com. Thanks for joining. I am a member of United Blind of Seattle. I am a member of United Blind of Seattle. I am a member of United Blind of Seattle. United Blind of Seattle is one of the oldest and largest affiliate members of the Washington Council of the Blind. We offer a warm and welcoming environment for everyone in the blind and low vision community. Our mission is to provide advocacy, support, educational opportunities, social activities, and more. We are a diverse and vibrant membership dedicated to the goal of elevating and empowering the lives of everyone in the blind community. We We are are members members of United Blind Seattle. It's more than just a goal. It's our passion, and we invite you to join us find out more about the United Blind of Seattle or to find a local chapter near you, go to wcbinfo.org. This message is from the Washington State Department of Services for the Blind. 
Washington State Department of Services for the Blind provides services for people of all ages who are blind or have low vision in the state of Washington. DSV provides training, counseling, and support to help Washington residents of all ages who are blind or visually impaired pursue employment, education, and independent living. Our goal is inclusion, independence, and economic vitality for people with visual disabilities. For more information, call the Washington State Department of Services for the Blind toll-free at 800-552-7103 or go to www.dsb.wa.gov. The Lighthouse for the Blind Incorporated is a private, not-for-profit social enterprise that provides employment, support, and training opportunities for people who are blind, deafblind, and blind with other disabilities. We've provided employment and support to people who are blind since 1918. Our philosophy is that each employee be provided with whatever supports are necessary to be successful in the workplace. Supports include an in-house sign language interpreting department ensuring effective communication with employees who are deafblind, orientation and mobility instruction to teach independent travel using a white cane or guide dog, and over 100 computer workstations adapted for use by individuals who are visually impaired. If you're interested in finding a, a job with a purpose, visit lhblind.org jobs and apply today. AT Guys, your access technology experts with affordable and useful technology gadgets and tools for use at work, school, or play. From headsets to braille displays, keyboards and cell phones, voice recorders and cases to protect your gadgets, our most popular product this year is the VersaSlate Paperless Slate and Stylus, giving you four lines of 20 cells that you can reuse as many times as you need to to quickly jot down that confirmation number or phone number while you're out and about and on the go and not have to worry about carrying paper with you as it's completely reusable. We've also got the Blindshell 2 phone with a much louder speaker, the ability to add applications, or just use it as a phone if you want. Get more information at atguys.com or give us a call, 269-216-4798. Customized training and accessibility consulting also available. United Blind of Tri-Cities is one of the largest and most active chapters in the Washington Council of the Blind. We hold our monthly business meetings over breakfast on the second Saturdays of each month. But we know that numerous social activities keep a group strong. We thus encourage our members to get out of their homes. And we party every week at United Blind of Tri-Cities. We have a lunch bunch get-together, a group that plays cards, a book discussion group, and a tech group. Each fall, we have an annual picnic in the park. In December, we have both a Christmas party and a pizza feed. This fall, we also started our hand-building pottery class. Each day we wake up to hear the Tri-Cities Herald read to us by our local radio reading service. During the performance season, we also treat our members to describe plays. We have an email list, a presence on the web, and on Facebook. Contact Frank Cuta, 509-967-2658, or frank at cuta.net. Hello, I'm Jennifer Wenzel, Talent Acquisition Coordinator at Beyond Vision. Hi, I'm Stephen Gould, the marketing assistant at Beyond Vision. So, Jennifer, what is Beyond Vision all about? 
We're about real jobs for real wages and accessibility to all jobs, regardless of visual acuity. We offer jobs to blind and visually impaired individuals in manufacturing, a machine shop, a customer call center, base supply center stores across the country, and at all levels of our company. What other opportunities do we give people, Stephen? Beyond Vision has so many opportunities, including possibility for promotions, contributing to the community, and gaining independence. Here at Beyond Vision, we have a runway metaphor. Our employees can land for a great career or take off in new directions after gaining valuable work experience. Apply today. Send a resume and salary requirements to jobs at beyondvision.com or call Jennifer at 414-335-3762. Hope to hear from you soon. Hi, this is Kathy. And I'm Julie. We're members of PCAB. We meet the third Saturday of every month. We have lots of great speakers. Come join us. You can reach us at 253 253- Five six four six four six four. You know, Julie, the last year and a half has been very challenging. It sure has. But if you look deeper, you can see the momentum and the positive aspects that have benefited us all. That's true. And a great example is telehealth. It sure is nice not having to schedule a ride for a 15-minute doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. What about job opportunities? Many jobs may be created because employers are now hiring remotely in and out of state. So, WCB, this is our time. Let's continue this momentum and keep moving forward for the betterment of us all. We can connect through Zoom with our community, state, and the world. This is our time. WCB, near or far, together we are. This is Kareth, the Executive Director of the Whole Foundation and Learning Center. We are a foundation for adults with sight loss and blindness located in Sandy, Oregon. We have a 23-acre park that allows us to have in-person retreats, seminars, workshops, and getaways. And we also have online offerings, uh, workshops, and uh, group chats, a book club, and all kinds of variety of things that we offer online for free. We also have a peer-to-peer support program program that is free and usually by phone where we can answer all kinds of questions um, that you may be having from crafting to uh, safety to um, something in the kitchen where you're looking for a specific type of gadget or maybe you just have a question about something you're experiencing with your site. We would love to get to know more about you and we have a newsletter that we can send you every month to let you know what we're up to. Give us a call at 503-668-6195. Thank you. The United Blind of Whatcom County comprise members from Bellingham and the surrounding towns. We meet every second Friday of the month at 1 p.m on Zoom. Responding to member interest, we have held informal classes on iPhone use, computer skills, and Braille note-taking. We have provided scholarships for blind students and low-tech equipment for people who are aging and losing their vision. Some community outreach activities include singing carols for Centers on Aging, making a float for the Farmer's Day Parade, and sponsoring a White Cane Day. If this sounds like fun to you, join us. Contact Yvonne Miller, 360-758-3194. Email mi11ertime at gmail.com. Council of the Blind is proud to be a part of Washington Council of the Blind and American 
and Council of the Blind. As a member-driven nonprofit, advocating for and supporting all blind and visually impaired Washingtonians and educating our community. Our chapter has been active in the Yakima Valley since 2002, and we've continued our weekly Bowling with the Blind outreach with generous support from Yakima Lions Club. We welcome everyone passing through Yakima on a Friday morning to come bowl with our crew, led by our favorite 100-year-old bowler, Anne. Anne is up next. She's going for a spare here at Knob Hill Bowling in Yakima, Washington. Okay, Ann, is she gonna get it? Come on! Yay! I got If you need help affordably financing assistive technologies, consider contacting Northwest Access Fund. Northwest Access Fund is a nonprofit loan fund dedicated to serving Washingtonians with disabilities. We offer a 5% interest rate loans up to $25,000 with up to five-year terms to purchase assistive technologies, also known as AT. We can consider applications for any item, piece of equipment, software, program, or product system that can help a person with a disability live a more independent and satisfying life. WCB members in good standing for at least six months are eligible for AT loans at 0% interest rate. We also offer financial coaching services designed to meet the unique needs of people with disabilities. We can help with building credit, opening up an ABLE account, or a safe and affordable bank account. We can also help answer questions about Social Security benefits. To contact Northwest Access Fund, please call 206 328 5116 or go to our website at nwaccessfund.org. Hello everyone. This is Barry Scheuer and Kayon Rausch with Guidelights and Gadgets. We specialize in three product lines. Leather goods of every type and for every occasion, from neck pouches to shoulder bags to braille display and protective cases, wallets, and a whole lot more. Our primary source is from a motorcycle accessories company that makes some of the toughest and best quality craftsmanship we have ever found. A line of talking medical products, including our new talking oximeter, and curated gadgets and electronics in headphones, speakers, and our sound box amplifiers for portable book players and phones. Dog and handler products for safety, convenience, travel, and fun. The best way to reach us is by calling Barry at 617-969-7500 or Ann at 781-286-1696 or you can look us up at www.guidelightsandgadgets.us. Hope you have a great convention. This is Irie AT, Braille and Low Vision. If you need video magnification, look to Irie AT. We have handheld magnifiers, portable and foldable magnifiers, scan and read magnifiers, desktop CCTVs, and more. If you need to use a computer, Irie AT can help. We have software that can magnify your computer screen and talk back to you aloud. I love my Dolphin Supernova screen magnification software. Irie AT even has simplified solutions to make using a computer or mobile device easy. If you need the most accurate scan and read devices, look no further than Irie AT. We have numerous devices and computer connected systems. The norm he knew. I read with interest gray and gold scathing, but. Irie AT has the widest range of Braille embossers, including an affordable personal embosser. We have ink and Braille embossers, and we specialize in teaching tactile graphics to schools. 
reach out by email at sales at irie-at.com or give us a call at 888-308-0059. Hope Vision Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that empowers people with low vision and blindness in the South Sound to live their best lives by improving access to education, low vision resources, and adaptive aids. Attend our in-person and online workshops for people experiencing vision loss and their care partners. In person, go to a vision fair and get connected to local resources, listen to experts in the field, and try out adaptive aids. See our website at www.hopevisionfoundation.org for details and dates. Online, our courses are at www.school-of-vision.teachable.com. And please visit our website, www.hopevisionfoundation.org. The Washington Talking Book and Braille Library, Wetabal, is a program of the Washington State Library a division of the Office of Secretary of State, and a regional library of the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled. Watabel provides free, comprehensive library service to Washington residents who are blind, visually impaired, deafblind, physically disabled, can't hold a book or turn a page, or reading disabled. Books and magazines are available in audio or braille, sent free by mail, or downloaded from our website or mobile device for your reading convenience. Watauble provides readers' advisory, programming, instruction and training, and a youth services program including summer reading, an accessible gaming lab, early literacy, a youth large print collection, and multi-sensory story times. Books with a Northwest focus are also produced locally in audio and braille at the Library for Inclusion in the National Collection. For an application for service or more information, contact Watauble at 800-542-0866 or www.wtbbl.org. Washington Council of the Blind wishes to thank all of our live auction and door prize donors. Haley Agers, Anacortes Subacto, Basin Communications, Bigfoot Music, Julie and Nathan Brannon, Alco Canfield, Computers for the Blind, Doreen Cornwell, Frank Cuda, Lisa and Reg George, Guide Dog Users of Washington State, Chef Ed Harris, Irie AT Incorporated, Kalispell Tribe and Northern Quest Resort and Casino, Josette Kernahan, Pierce County Association of the Blind, Sherry Richardson, Seattle Seahawks, Snohomish County Council of the Blind, South King Council of the Blind, South Kitsap Council of the Blind, Spokane Council of the Blind, United Blind of Tri-Cities, United Blind of Walla Walla, United Blind of Whatcom County, Valdemar Estates Winery, WCB Diabetics, members of WCB Families Committee and Yakima Valley Council of the Blind. Hello, I'm Artis Bazin with Bazin Communications. I'm a speaker, business coach, and writer. 
I do coaching on a number of topics, goal setting, and goal setting can be for entrepreneurs, it can be for someone considering retiring, or it can be someone that's just trying to amp up their exercise plan. I also work with entrepreneurs, people starting a business that don't know exactly what to do first. I also do sell some products. I have a multi-pocketed tote bag, which has large pockets and small, and also has a place for a water bottle as well as your cell phone. It has a placard on the side, which says, making the impossible possible. The placard is blue and the rest of the tote bag is black. I also sell one GB thumb drives as well as braille and print greeting cards. Thank you. If you want to reach me, contact me by calling 818-238-9321. And my email address is abazin at bazincommunications.com. And bazin is spelled B-A-Z-Y-N. Thanks again. This is Irie AT, Braille and Low Vision. If you need video magnification, look to Irie AT. We have handheld magnifiers, portable and foldable magnifiers, scan and read magnifiers, desktop CCTVs, and more. If you need to use a computer, Irie AT can help. We have software that can magnify your computer screen and talk back to you aloud. I love my Dolphin Supernova screen magnification software. Irie AT even has simplified solutions to make using a computer or mobile device easy. If you need the most accurate scan and read devices, look no further than IRIAT. We have numerous devices and computer-connected systems. The norm he knew. I read with interest gray and gold scathing, but... IRIAT has the widest range of Braille embossers, including an affordable personal embosser. We have ink and Braille embossers, and we specialize in teaching tactile graphics to schools. IRIAT products are available locally through Leading Edge Vision. Reach out to Leading Edge Vision today at 877-551-6658. Washington Council of the Blind appreciates the support of our investment partner, the iStare Group at Morgan Stanley, who, for the second year in a row, is our main convention sponsor. Find out more at 800-426-7837. And many thanks to our platinum sponsors, Deb Cook-Lewis, Sherry Richardson, Kayla King, Northwest Access Fund, and United Blind of Seattle. Our gold sponsors, Anonymous, Mary Lee Richards, Andy Arvidson, Viola Benson, Colette Arvidson, Terry Atwater, Glenn McCulley, Ursula McCulley, and Stuart Russell. Our silver sponsors, Anonymous, Rita Dillick, Michael Edwards, Maria Buzinska, and Michael Alvarez. Our bronze sponsors, three anonymous donors, Danette Dixon, Nancy Lind, Jim Turry, Cindy Hollis, Doreen Cornwell, The Lighthouse for the Blind Incorporated, Bruce Radke, Yuki Tamura, Guidelights and Gadgets, and Hope Vision Foundation. Thank you to all our convention sponsors. 
my partner Jim came up with the idea of naming the group I Steer, which is actually a Celtic word for journey. We're there to make sure that we chart a path through financial planning, uh, that we help avoid pitfalls. Our goal is to assist those clients so they can kind of take in the scenery. What we felt is, is that the planning element of what we do was the most important thing to help families. We developed this concept of being a family CFO, and that has stuck with us to this day and is really one of the central tenets of what we do with clients. What I tell clients, uh, husbands and wives that come to us, whether they're business owners or they've amassed some wealth through uh, stock concentration is, you have a balance sheet. You have liabilities that you're trying to offset. You have future goals that you're trying to achieve. You have taxes that you're trying to manage. You have philanthropic goals that you know, you're know you starting to develop. So we, as your personal CFO, have to create the business strategy alongside of you. And then similar to the chairman of the board, we come back and we report to you every quarter on the health of that strategy and any recommendations or changes that we would like to make. The reason you're hiring us as your CFO is to is to free up your time to do the things that are really important to you during your life, whether it's work on your philanthropy or travel or spend time with your grandchildren. We, we really show we care in the way we've structured you know, how we do things for clients. We're really proud of the team that we've built to support the client base. We have designations around financial planning and investment management. We wanted to make sure that we had different perspectives on the team uh, to assist those clients. People are depending on us to make sure that um, what they want is in place. The market goes up and the market goes down. We're still going to be working. We're still here for you. And I think that's really important. Whatever our clients need, we can provide solutions using the leverage and the scale of one of the largest wealth management firms in the world. So it's been a great symbiotic relationship between the firm, its platform, its commitment to the wealth management business, and the type of practice that we want to run uh, for our clients and the type of advice that we want to give them. And that completes our uh, vendors on parade. All right. That's our cue. So excited. We get to be the frosting on the cake. Well, before the banquet, that is. <laughs> so welcome, everyone. This is Haley speaking. And I'm so happy that you guys are all here with us to kind of close off the, the sessions for the, for the convention. We have an exciting, exciting panel tonight. And... Um, so this this panel is going is titled the science of sound and it's sponsored by WCB families hence the reason that I'm here and part of that means that we will have all of our youth participants um, in the audience with us today and so the only thing that I really need to um, say before I introduce our panelists is that when the panelists have done introducing themselves um, and we open it up for questions, we are going to open it up to the youth um, first before we take any questions from any other um, audience members. If we have time at the end and you all know that an an hour goes really, really fast, then we will open it up at the end. And if you don't get a chance to ask the question you wanted to ask, 
you can reach out to me and maybe I can connect you with the panelists. But everyone has a lot of really good information to share. And I'm just really happy that you're all here. So um, I think what I'll do first is I will introduce the panelists um, a little bit. I feel like they could do a much better job than myself telling all the accolades that they have. I mean, I could brag on them, but I might, I might mess up. So I'm going to let them do that. And please don't be um, shy because I think that's what makes us relatable to the people in the audience is, um, you know, maybe you'll mention a name that they recognize, Joey, <laughs> maybe a person you've worked with, or maybe, you know, you're working in a career that they're super interested in, or maybe you have an eye condition that they also have. And that's often appealing to us, especially if we're new to vision loss. Um, you know, hearing that someone has the same eye condition as us makes us a little bit maybe more relatable that way. So not to make it a a big deal, but it certainly will help people to understand that, hey, this person is low vision and these are the accessibility um, techniques that they've used, or hey, this person is blind and these are the accessibility techniques that they have used. So please feel free to, um, to share as, as much as you are willing to. So with us tonight, we have four well, maybe three, <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm look, not looking at the list, but um, three, maybe four amazing panelists tonight, and I'm just going to zip through their names, and then I'm going to have each of them um, introduce themselves. So the first panelist we have is Debbie Hazelton. That's a name that a lot of you will recognize, and she's here to share a lot of her experience in, um, in radio and what she's doing with radio and podcasts today, so it's super exciting if that's an area that is of interest to you. <clears throat> uh, we have Joey Stuckey. Um, gosh, where do I even begin? Musician, um, professor, <laughs> um, music producer, lots of things. I'm going to let Joey tell you more about that. We have with us Ana Garcia, and Ana has an amazing YouTube channel that I'm going to have her tell you all about. And um, if there's time, I'll, I'll share what I particularly love about it. And Tanya, if you're here, I do I always mess up your last name, so I'm going to give you those honors. But um, Tanya works for works in the area of voiceover and also podcasting, and so a diverse group of people. And I'm just eager to have you hear what they have to say. So I think we're going to start with you, Debbie, if that's okay, and just have you um, unmute and Hi. introduce yourself. Sure. Hi. Okay. So thank you, Haley for the invitation and um, thank you to uh, Deb Lewis for streaming and all the wonderful folks with ACB Media working so hard to do so many things that are going on with conventions and everything else, uh, media and ACB. Um, gosh, I began in radio, um, well, I was, on many different shows of different people over the years, probably starting from when I was a kid. But I began with WNN Radio. It was an AM radio station that was syndicated on many different stations throughout the country. It was considered, it was called the Motivation Station. And that was in the 80s. I began with features from my first book and continued with features for them um, of other material that I wrote. 
and being syndicated on several stations, anywhere from six to nine stations aired, uh, sometimes up to six times a day. And I had a, I knew it was in my blood and had a real desire to do more and never did get a job at a station um, that was uh, an in-person station, but began podcasting in 2004 with the help of Jonathan Mosen and Jeff Bishop. Now, if you want sound gurus and tech wonder people, uh, Jeff Bishop, Jonathan Mosen, Rick Moran, of course, uh, Brian Hartgen, um, and, and Deb and Rick Lewis. There are so many people that really, as much as I've done in radio, know far more than I do. Uh, but anyway, I started podcasting, believing then that that was grassroots radio. And I still believe that in a way. In 2007, I started with um, another station. I'm not even thinking of the name of it right now, the numbers, but the letters rather. But it it did not last for too long. Um, the owner of it actually died. And then I also got involved with ACB Radio and um, continued podcasting off and on through the years, working with the various people that have been directing over the years. And then um, sat in that seat for a while and and uh, finally realized it was it's time to move on. And you know, a lot of us working in it don't have time to do the things that brought us into it with the love of radio once we were working in it. So now I'm on a couple of other stations and I've started up a new podcast and um, am reworking my website and just doing a bunch of other aspects of, of things that have been a part of my work over the years. I will say that sound has always been real important to me from, you know, noticing pitches of notes tapping on on a glass <laughs> at the dinner table with every sip, noticing a different, uh, different tone to, you know, the love of radio, to the love of music, um, and um, to the love of voice, fascinating with the human voice, the singing voice and music of many types. So um, I, I guess that's about the best I can give you for right now to get on with the other people. But thank you again, Haley, and, and thank you to this wonderful uh, group that put this panel together. Yeah, thanks, Debbie. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll definitely have time for more shares and questions and just to kind of introduce ourselves at the beginning here, and then we'll have plenty of time to get to more more detail. So, um, Joey, how about you? Do you want to go next? Sure. Well, I am Joey Steffi. I have been blind since I was about two years old as a result of a brain tumor, and I have been obsessed with sound my entire life. Uh, I started off just wanting to record sound effects and just, just recording environments around me. And I got my first job at 15 as the sound technician for the planetarium in my hometown. And from there, I started recording bands in my attic. <laughs> and uh, by the time I was 19, I had a studio in downtown Macon, Georgia, where I'm from, which is the sort of the southern rock capital of the world, and uh, home to bands like the Almond Brothers and Otis Redding and, and, and you know, Little Richard and lots more. And um, I've been doing it ever since. I've been really blessed to play a lot of stages with people like Trisha Yearwood and uh, Lee Bryce, B-52s, uh, Smash Mouth, just a lot of different folks have been really 
I'm excited to play with it. The list is right along. But uh, I make my living as a recording engineer, a producer, a session musician, and touring artist. I release my own records. And then I also teach music technology and music business at two universities here in town. And I've also been a journalist and I've done a lot of articles on music and sound. Um, in addition to doing, I've had several TV shows, I've had several radio shows. And uh, so I just love sound, anything with sound or music, I do it. And I've been doing it, I've done it as my only job. I've never had another job except in music and audio. Awesome. I know most of those names that you mentioned, and um, I want to meet them too. Well, <laughs> We're probably... like, we've, had, we've had so many interesting times. And, and my favorite story, which is a stupid story, but it's really funny to me, is we were opening for Smash Mouth, and the catering people kept coming up to us and saying, aren't you guys Smash Mouth? We have your food. We're like, no, we're not Smash Mouth. And they just would not be deterred. They just insisted that we were Smash Mouth. And I was I was scared to take their food. I mean, I, was, I, I knew we'd get kicked out or something. I was like, no, we can't take this food. <laughs> it's not our food. <laughs> it's silly, but it's it's a lot of fun things out on the road, most of, nope. most of which I can tell you about now. Yeah, no kidding. How much fun is that? Yeah. Like, there are people we all want to meet, and you've done it. So, like, yeah. we're all we're all listening, ears open. <laughs> Thanks for that share, and we'll definitely hear from you more sure. um, as we move forward here. Appreciate it. Okay, amiga, my friend Anna, you're up. Oh, gracias, gracias, gracias. Thank you so much, Haley. Thank you for inviting me. Um, this is actually my first time doing an ACB um, event. So I'm excited, excited. So this is Anna from the Blind with a Vision YouTube channel. Well, that's how people know me, but uh, I live here in Southern California in the city of Fullerton next to Disney. Um, my favorite, favorite place in the whole white world. <laughs> and uh, I am a diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa. I uh, belong to the RP team, and I only have light perception. Guide dog user actually waiting for my next guide dog. My guide dog retired during the pandemic, like many guide dogs out there. And uh, I am actually a psychotherapist. I got a master's degree in um, counseling with an emphasis in marriage and family therapy from the um, Gulf State Fullerton University. So that's what I do. I listen to people's uh, concerns, issues, feelings. <laughs> I really uh, love doing that. I'm actually doing that part-time. I also have a master's in gerontology, love the aging population. So I combine my two degrees, but a lot of my time, guess what I do? I am actually a blind YouTuber. Uh, my channel is actually called Blind with a Vision because I, I believe that we are blind, but you know, we, we, we actually uh, don't have to have sight to have a vision you know, to have uh, the concept of having a vision and mission in life. Uh, so I do videos in English and Spanish, and I share my honest adventures out there <laughs> everywhere. Most of my videos are actually in the sighted world, but now since the pandemic, I've been doing a lot of videos here on technology. Uh, and yes, Kaylee knows that I actually share um, my blind vision for the day, for the week, for the month, for the year, for life. And just uh, capturing visuals out there, but for me, it's sounds, sounds everywhere. Sounds when I'm trying to cross the street as a blind <laughs> woman, you know, trying to go into the store, finding the cashier, uh, finding customer service, waiting for my taxi, listening to the sound of the taxi. So I capture all of that uh, on my Blind with a Vision YouTube channel. I actually share that, yes. Being a blind um, humanoid in this sighted world has many challenges. We have our battles out there. 
However, however, if you have a vision in mind, uh, you're able to just get away, go home, go back home with, uh, you know, winning those small victories that for us, the blind, make a huge, huge difference. I was actually able to monetize my YouTube channel. Uh, so that was a big achievement, achievement for me during the pandemic. Uh, you know, I never pay attention about really trying to monetize, but, uh, you know, I told Anna, Anna, if you're just going to be home, continue um doing videos at home get the you know made the time work at home and and i did it so i'm here and looking forward to hear from you know all the teens here um one of my favorite populations i love teens so i'm here in case you have any questions thank you so much oh my gosh i have so much to say to what you just <laughs> um shared so also Anna is on Clubhouse. We had a presentation, Anna, during the rest of our convention on Clubhouse. So if you felt inspired to um, join Clubhouse after that presentation with Frank and um, Jeff and Cindy, then please look up Anna on Clubhouse and you'll find her there sharing and lots of um, open rooms to share and inspire one another. The other thing, just kind of jokingly, Anna, you mentioned being a um, family and marriage um, counselor. Well, we had the newlywed game last night, and I think that the couples that were on there may be reaching out to me for your information after last night's um, newlywed game. Perfect. Perfect. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, that's me just <laughs> making fun, but you know, it was, it was a really fun thing. So um, anyway, so what I would like to ask each of you before we spend some time opening up for questions is could you share and well is Tanya here Deb or or Cecily did Tanya come into the room can you tell me I don't see her okay she didn't okay all right so we'll just stay in the same order that we went in and what I would like to ask you guys um, before we open it up to the youth for their questions because I think they're going to have a lot of questions can you share a little maybe about what assistive technology or um, other accommodations that you may have used so that you can be successful in the field that you're in? And when I say that, I don't mean just assistive technology, although that's what gets us through a lot of situations. Um, but sometimes it's just being brave enough to um, brave enough and and assertive enough, maybe is the word, to ask other people to help us do some of those things, right? I mean, that's part of what makes the beauty of being your own boss <laughs> is that, um, you know, you can figure out the things you can figure out and then you can delegate to get that help from other people. So if we can go in the same order, Debbie, if you can maybe share like just a, a tidbit of some of the different things that you've used sure. to make doing your job um, accessible. Sure. So I mentioned a few of the people and Doug Hunsinger is another one to add to that list. And, and, um, oh my gosh, my buddy Rick Alfaro and it used to be Larry Turnbull who taught me and Rachel Schroeder who taught me an amazing amount and, and Jim Pemberton and, um, I could not do this work without other people. I always say I'm a geekette not a geek. Um, I don't love to just take programs apart and see how they work and, you know, just set up stuff to to see um, what it's all about. I mean, but I do love to dabble. Like I hurried and upgraded to Windows 11, even though it might have been better for me to wait, but it, it has worked out, um, <laughs> fortunately. But I did have a couple of little, little crazy things to work out. But 
I used Jaws. I used Window Eyes um, for a long time. Um, I um, I use Station Playlist to broadcast. I still have a very old copy of SoundForge that I bought when I started podcasting and developing websites back in 04. <laughs> um, I, uh, I have Reaper and I'm still working on that. That's a work in progress and probably always will be. Oh, and Derek Lane, I listed as a resource for Reaper and I know Brian Hargent teaches it and I believe there may be others out there. Um, I definitely now use Braille and speech. Um, I was, I have been blind since birth. I didn't say that earlier, but um, I was uh, one of those little kids that needed to spend a lot of time in the incubator meditating before I came fully into this yeah. world. But um, but anyway, um, I use a Mantis now with my uh, windows and I love it. I can actually read how to I can read how people's names are spelled in a playlist and and read email. I used to hear Rick Lewis and Deb Lewis reading on the air and say, wow, I should be doing that. And it you know, didn't always occur to me, but I wouldn't want to be without it now. I use note takers like crazy. Um, I use my iPhone for a ton of stuff. And I'm usually using two or three different things while I'm doing anything at the same time. I mean, it's just kind of crazy, but it does work that way. It reminds me of that Twister game. <laughs> hey, Debbie. Uh-huh. I realized in your list there that you didn't mention my name as one of your technology um, idols, but um, that's okay. We can talk about no, that I later. You for, I come to you for doTERRA and, <laughs> and personal kinds in of the, things. Yeah, in the meantime, I'll just be your cheerleader um, and, and turn to you for the technology help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that's a lot of great information and i'm sure stuff that people will um either already relate to because they use some of the same stuff a lot of them do. yeah yeah how about you joey well i have used everything available at one time or another um and what i found technology wise uh for me um, I, I guess there's a lot of good things about digital technology and there's some bad things as well and um you know in the recording industry um, we used to, we started on analog tape and, and that was very physical. That was very tactile. There was no, you know, there was nothing. You didn't need to read the screen for that because they were all buttons, you know, play, record, stop. Um, but when things went, uh, to computer real recorded music, um, that was a pretty big shift for me. And I had to, I had to reacquaint myself with all that technology and I've, I've made myself an expert at it, but, um, it was a challenge. And so I love JAWS. I use it. I use a PC um, and use lots of different software out there. I won't it on technical software. I mean, just SoundForge is a great one. I use it too. Um, I've got uh, Reaper and Sonar and Samplitude and all the, I've got every program out there and they all have varying levels of success when it comes to accessibility. So if you, unfortunately, you're kind of put in a situation of things to try to get, you know, total accessibility. And it's the same thing with screen readers. I also have a Mac and use Mac products like the iPhone, stuff like that, so I use VoiceOver. Um, I'm working really passionately and really hard with different music manufacturers to try and bring more haptics into play, which is which is basically you know uh, feeling controls and, and having controls vibrate or move, um, giving, giving blind people 
access to things with that. So I've been working with several people from the UK on projects like that. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and of course I use my cane and I use, uh, I use the eyeballs of anybody that happens to wander by. I will, I will just say, hey, I'm real quick, you click this mouse. <laughs> Since you're standing there, make yourself useful. Um, so my sweet wife, I call, her, I call her my skin eye wife, and she is absolutely indispensable. She's amazing and helps me in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, I, I use just a, a vast array of, of technology. So really, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to let me do what I want to do. And I do music production full time. And I found that, you know, by and large, uh, if you think about it long enough and you're flexible enough, you can find ways around just about any, any you know, barrier. And uh, not, not, you know, that's, that's not a perfect solution, but I mean, there's several things now. One of the things that's really a challenge right now and shouldn't be for people in the music business is like pitch correction. I'm not a big fan of pitch correction. I feel like you should be able to sing it. Uh, I feel like you should work at your craft, but you, but you don't need me to do that for you. But but so many people do it, even even fantastic singers like Taylor Swift and different people like that, um, who are just incredible singers nowadays, they use pitch correction on them whether they need it or not. It's become more of a signature sound than, than a real tool for pitch correction. Are you and telling me of, that you can make me sound like Adele? Is that what you're telling uh, me? <laughs> I'm kind of saying that. Okay. I'm kind of saying that. Great. I, I've been wasting I, my time cooking dinner no, for family. I can be a listen, singer. If anybody can help, I can do it. <laughs> if anybody can help. Um, but, 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 you know, I, the, the old-fashioned solution was just to make every, I'm sure everybody was distracted. You know, when you were singing, you would say, oh, this guy can't sing. Somebody would interpret and dance to distract them, and they won't notice that they're missing on the um, But that's, that's what flavor intensive. But, but really, I mean, so that's kind of a hard thing for blind people to do because it's very graphic in nature. Uh, it really shouldn't be because it's pitch. We should be able to tell a computer, hey, make that a B, make that a C, make that an F, whatever. Um, and, and, but that's not how people look. People want to grab a node, which is a, a point on the screen, and drag it into alignment. And uh, so anyway, I, I could go down that rabbit hole and walk, but unless somebody has questions about it. But yeah, I use everything available, any, anything and everything. When I was a kid, I graduated from high school when I was 14. And um, I was a bright child, but where I lived, nobody taught Braille. So I do read Braille, but not very fast. Um, my memory is really strong and very powerful. And so I just prefer to listen and remember. So that was is what works best for me. That doesn't mean that it's right for anybody else. That's what works best for me. But I do kind of read Braille clumsily. But there, we had no... No one advocating for us in the education system when I was a child in school in the 70s. Right. Um, there, there just wasn't, there was nothing. And so you just sort of had to tough it out and, and, and do what you had to do. I remember, I don't know if they still do this now, but when I was doing geometry, we had a board that we made, that my uncle actually made for me, with nails in it. And we would stretch rubber bands around these different nails to make the different shapes. Um, and I don't know if that's something, that's something my mom had heard about somewhere. And we made them. So I mean, just you know, I, I have done. But really, again, uh, when I was even when I was in college, because I started college when I was sixteen, I took a year off because I was tired of school. <laughs> when I started college, um, again, there was no um, disability services. There was no one to help, uh, right. and, and so I would just go into school, and I would introduce myself and be in each class and say, "Hey, I'm looking to sit next to someone who's in my reading what's on the board to me." 
you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, you so just, advocating you know, you, for yourself was a huge, ask. and I think that's a really big message to send, yeah. to, you know, to our, to anyone that's in listening in the audience, but especially those, our youth who are just sort of starting out is, you know, finding that strength to advocate for yourself. And I often tell people like, if I, if Haley was supposed to be, if Haley was going to be put into a logo, it would be a picture yeah. of a woman with one hand stretched out in front of her and one yeah. hand stretched out behind her, because there's always going to be someone who's further along in their journey, who knows more or who has different strengths Mm -hmm. than us. There's always going to be someone right behind us. I'm going to steal that. That's beautiful. I, I like that. So, and the thing is, I mean, it really, be, it really, I'll send you my PayPal later, Joey. Must it? Hey, five bucks. I'll do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, you didn't say the, the crucial patent pending, which, so, so it's, it's totally right now. <laughs> so, oh, shit. Um, I'm just kidding. But, but in all seriousness, I mean, you know, being, being comfortable in who you are is a big part of being successful in whatever you choose to do. And so I was never embarrassed or ashamed to feel awkward about it. I can't see, but I do a lot of other stuff. So right. um, I never had, a, I never felt, and let me tell you, um, it's a little awkward the first time you do it, but you, you get used to it. And I made so yes, many wonderful absolutely. friends. And if I can just share this one super fast story. Sure. Have, and then we're going to move on to was, Anna because that's actually yeah, what she what does she, is, well, she, yeah. She's amazing. Um, and, and has a lot of amazing more adventures than I have. But when I was, uh, when I was uh, in, in college, there was a young lady that agreed to um, walk, you know, meet me at the front door and walk me to class. And she had the class with me and we studied together. And this was a long class. It was like a three-hour class. And in the middle, they'd take a break. So one day she took a break and went to the restroom. And one of the other guys came up to me in the class and said, um, hey, man, I'm really sorry to ask this. I know I shouldn't, but can you tell me what's wrong with that girl? I said, what, what, what do you mean? He said, well, why do you have to help her walk? And of course, it wasn't that I was helping her; she was helping me. And uh, I thought that was just—he became one of my favorite people. That's, awesome. That's funny. <laughs> right. I'm not shutting up. No, I appreciate you. Know you—you you talk about putting yourself out there, right? And just yeah. finding that courage within, because that's what's going to excel you. And that's what—it's a beautiful segue because that's one of the things I love most about Anna and her YouTube channel is that she really is willing to get down and dirty and vulnerable and show not only all the things that can go right in a day if you're if you're you know you courageous enough to get out there and try it but she also is very awesome about showing also the things that go wrong in a day so anna can you maybe talk a little bit about maybe that aspect of things and and why you're why you're willing to do that because that's the reality I mean, most blind YouTubers or people with a low vision, uh, most people, well, I guess overall, people show all the beauties and the wonders that they can do, but they don't show the reality. And for our younger people that is going blind or is already blind, they, they create this idea that these people is the super blind people, they're perfect, and that they don't go through any struggles, which in reality, every single one of us go through and that can leave you feeling yeah. bad about yourself if you yes. pay that comparison yes. story I, right yeah exactly and i hear that from people when they say i used to watch youtube channels uh you know for um blind people youtube channels and i felt that i was stupid that i was the only one you know going through that and you know i couldn't believe that they do this and this and this and it's because they edit the video or they show you something that is not real. No, we already know, we the blind know how it is to cross the street when there is busy traffic, right? 
how it is to actually go to the store, how it is to do everything. Uh, and for me, I have a retinitis pigmentosa, so I actually started losing my sight when I was 19, and it just went gradually. So it gave me time to actually realize that accessible technology and all those gadgets, you know, I, I, is something that opened up uh, the door for, you know, many doors. Right. Um, and Speaking through the of voiceover and jazz, through the voiceover program yes. and jazz, and have I have access to many things. Uh, you know what? I'm able to actually videotape myself, edit my videos, upload, go on Facebook, Instagram, go shopping. I live by myself, so I can do a lot of those th- things. But I actually show you how it is, and I say this over and over on my YouTube channel. I only share from Anna's world, meaning that I do not represent every blind person out there, but Many of us actually share the same same um, reality. Uh, so I, 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 for me, it's important that mm-hmm. those who are coming after us, the youngers, know that it is challenging, that it is a challenge being blind. However, if you are open up to use all this accessible technology and adventure out there, you know, yes. you can just do it. <laughs> I, and the, the other thing I want you guys to know, if you're listening, when Anna talks about technology is, um, Anna, I just watched your unboxing of the Sonoban. So I'm here. I'm <laughs> eager to see you like show how to use that. So not only like her journey with, with RP and, and vision loss and using a guide dog, but also like she shows new and upcoming, um, technology and assistive technology that's out there for us to to use so i'm actually doing a collaboration with the senior company and i actually yesterday i did my um took my videos for the uh, review and share with you guys my most honest opinion and see how that works (laughs) all right i'll be sure to watch that thank you all right, you guys, at this time, because, you know, time goes quick, I definitely want to open it up to the youth. So if you're in the audience and you are a youth participant, we had 17 this this convention, which was fabulous. This is your session. And we're so excited that everyone's listening on ACB Media 9. And we're happy that people are in the audience with us in webinar. But we're going to open it up to the youth first. And then if we have any time at the end, we'll open it up to the audience. So, Jen and Marcy, if you see a hand raise and it's a youth, let us know. And then um, Cecily will um, help us get them unmuted so they can ask their question. Okay. Um, I see Edward's hand raised and then Maddie's hand raised. So if Edward, Louie, and Maddie could both be unmuted. And Edward, you can go ahead and go first and then Maddie, you can go. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you a little bit. Speak uh, up just a little bit, but we can definitely uh, hear you. Uh, so I have a question for uh, uh, the, the person who does a, a radio. What what kind of equipment do you use for transmitting uh, to the radio, like in the public? And another question is for the the, the persons who have YouTube channels. Uh, what apps do you use to re- record uh, like sound effects? I mean, like. I personally have a YouTube channel which is about sound effects as well. So I want, I want to know what, what apps do you use? Okay. So, okay. Debbie, do you want so, to answer about yeah. the radio? Uh-huh. And Yeah. Sure. And um, so um, I use I, – I have um, four computers and, and uh, two mixers. And anyway, I do use a mixer. When I first started out, I did not, but it's pretty – pretty hard to do radio without 
a mixer these days. And I have to laugh and say, that's not the mixer in your kitchen. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is a sound <laughs> mixing board. And, um, and then um, I use two sound cards so that I can have my speech on one, um, but I also have my Braille hooked in. And then I'm connecting through an encoder to a server and the server then is bringing the signal out um, to whichever station it is. Um, and I will also say that in terms of YouTube, um, I, I, uh, I don't know how to do YouTube live and I would like to know, um, but I do use Zoom and I upload I, um, and can edit and, and um, put those up. Don't um, edit the video, but I edit is an app which I've given on the resource list that I've provided called Tunes to Tube. It's a website where you can upload um, a picture and then you can upload an MP3. And that way you can put audio up on YouTube and have a video that stays stationary. So there are people that do that um, for, yeah. and I mean, I know sighted people that do that as well. So that is um, another way of doing it. So that's my part of it. Um, I don't know. Anna, do you have you something to blow add my mind? I mean, I don't know, oh, Anna. Yes. Do you even remember the question that Edward asked? Because I'm just yes. okay. Oh, good. Yeah, Hi, Edward. Well, Hi. I actually, you. I'm very simple. My videos are very simple, and I use iMovie. Uh, I use that as well. And I actually, yeah, I trim my videos beginning and uh, on the photo app, even though. Uh, Apple, they mess up that all the time <laughs> with the updates, but that's what I yeah. use. I also use Adobe On to reduce the noise and also to trim. And iMovie is the one that I use to kind of put my clips together, put effects, uh, music. Um, adding the water, uh, what is it, the signature is not easy, it's not accessible. I have been with Apple accessibility and the department, the iMovie department, and they say it's not accessible. Uh, but yes, that's pretty much what I use. I have not given myself the time to learn how to use Final Cut Pro, which is, which is you know, what a lot of people use because it's pretty good. I hear that it's accessible. Uh, it's a little expensive, about $300 though, <laughs> if you want to purchase it. Uh, YouTube, YouTube was very accessible where I could add music and whatever, um, you know, raise the volume. And every time they have updates, they actually mess that up. Maybe I just haven't really explored, but iMovie is what I use most of the time. All right. Thank you. Edward, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for coming up. Hey, yeah. Maddie, what kind of questions do you have? Hello, this is Maddie speaking. Um, I have a couple of questions. Do I have time to ask both? Yeah, let's let's go ahead and ask them both and we'll see if there's any other hands raised. We may just have to take one, but go ahead and ask both of them and we'll see what time we have. Cool. Thank you. Um, so I am interested in um, getting into the sound design for video games industry, um, like making fully sound effects for visual media. Um, and I, one of my questions was, I always, I'm partially sighted. I have retinopathy of prematurity. Um, so I don't necessarily quote unquote look blind. So I always have difficulty trying to explain or get across the point that 
sometimes it takes me longer to do things. Um, you know, even though I advocate for myself and ask for accommodations, a lot of the times people then question if I really need them or not. Um, so how do you get around that? Mm, that's a really good question. I think most of us um, have probably had that challenge, right? I mean, I, I know I have. I know I've had people say things like, um, well, gosh, you're really pretty for a blind girl or um, who picks out your clothes for you? I don't know how I'm supposed to look, <laughs> to be quite honest. That question always stumps me. But um, would any of the panelists like to ask answer that question? Uh, sure. Um I would say a couple of things. I think regarding the the video and the sound, um, Derek Lane, um, and I put his name down on the list. Um, now I'm not even thinking of his website, but anyway, it's on the list. And um, he might be one who would be a good resource on that um, regarding the audio and the video. And I think just good, clear communication with people like, yeah, I do this and um, I like to make sure I do it right. So sometimes it might take me longer. Um, and so I need patience uh, from you and just um, know that I will be working on it to get it done very, you know, as, as efficiently and quickly as possible. You know, some of us, my one of my problems is that sometimes I work too fast and I jump and then later go, oh, wait a minute, what was that <laughs> that I just did? Um, so sometimes taking longer is is um, a virtue. And it's it doesn't, you know, it's not it's not necessarily a virtue to be as fast or to multitask. And sometimes, you know, some of us are even faster than sighted people. And that's that's a good thing and not always. So, you know, you're making um, me so I, happy. I just clear communication. <laughs> Permission to do it slow. I like it. <laughs> Just permission like it. to do it in the way that works best for you. That's right. And don't lower mm -hmm. your expectations, right? I mean, don't yeah. cause yourself yeah. don't cause yourself angst because you're a perfectionist, but also, you know, have those expectations for yourself and know and believe that you can do it. It doesn't have to be a weakness. No, and not at all. And you certainly don't want to present it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say I'm a perfectionist. That's yeah. a that's a good thing. A lot of people like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a strength. Jen, do we have other hands raised, or are we good to take Maddie's other question? Um, well, Eli has his hand raised. And how are we for time? It is six ten, so we have about twenty more minutes. Okay, so okay, Maddie, go ahead. We'll take your other question, and then Eli, hang tight. We're coming to you next. Awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I heard Debbie start talking about Reaper. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm a Mac user, so it might be different. Um, what is the easiest way to like either learn Reaper or learn middleware like Reaper, even <laughs> learning the accessibility features of it? I feel like Derek might be coming up again here. Um, yeah, because <laughs> Derek just taught a course and he has it for for the Mac and for Windows, um, he has more to add to it. But um, I I know that Jason Castingway is someone, and uh, I know there are other Mac users out there. Jason has been using a Mac for quite a while with Reaper, and but Re Reaper is one of those multi-layered things. Jason took the course for the third time and continues to learn, and um, 
you know, continues to practice with it. Janine Stanley, if you know Janine with Ira, she is a Mac user and is quite proficient in it. And um, on Clubhouse, there is a group called Podmaker, and there are a number of people in there who use um, Windows and Mac, and you know that's a great place there. And there's a list for it. I'm not sure of the address of that list um, offhand, but it's there Blind is. Podmaker. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not sure of the address. Oh, there's a peanut gallery, peanut gallery. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not Patty. sure of the address to that list, though. But uh, but in that group, you could find out, um, you know, uh, and do you who uh, who spoke up? Um, this oh, is Reggie. Reg, and Reggie? It's Jonathan Mosen is the, the moderator of that, and right. there is an email list, creator at blindpodmaker.com. Okay, to thank you. So Maddie, what I will do, this is Haley, what I will do is you will get a resource list um, uh, from, this, from this panel, and it will have some of that information in there, and I'll be sure to add that one onto it so that you have that, and you can do some, some research moving forward. Awesome. Does that sound thank good? You. I really appreciate that, yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for coming up and asking. I appreciate it. Thanks, Debbie, Reggie. Thanks, appreciate Reg. you guys Thanks. too. That, I was looking. I did. That was the address. Yeah, creator. Yeah, at okay. Blind Podmaker. Yeah. Okay. You know I won't remember that, Reggie. So I'll be reaching out to you. Okay, wow. Eli, you were up. This is my friend Eli, who I beat at Uno every time. Eli, just <laughs> go along with it. Go ahead. You're up. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. <laughs> um, yeah, don't believe any, a word she says. That is definitely not true. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have a question for um, Debbie. Um, what was the main inspiration for you to um, get into the radio field? Um, well, I guess I know... I know that speaking comes easily to me. You know, um, I, I wrote a couple of books years ago and somebody said, oh, you, you couldn't, somebody in my family said, you couldn't get anybody to listen to you, so you had to write them all down. Um, <laughs> I have the gift of gab. I speak easily. I call myself an inspirational speaker um, as my primary work. So I can stand up and give a talk without preparing for it. It's not something that, I mean, I will get nervous, but it's not something that really scares me. It's something I'm comfortable with. So I think I identified with radio people as I mean, how many of us listen to the radio growing up? Oh my gosh. And how many of those DJs did we get to know by their voice and, and listen to and care about them? I mean, I remember one time, um, gosh, I was well into adulthood, but I remember hearing that someone on, on a classical station that I always enjoyed had keeled over and died at his desk. And, you know, uh, when he, um, you know, a lot of times they would not tell us that someone left or why, you know, people would have to call and, and hear, oh, that person isn't with us anymore. But I mean, that was a major showstopper that death and there was another one that i knew of and and he died and 
there were, you know, there were many people that were affected by those deaths because we got to know those mm-hmm. those people and those personalities on the air. So, you know, it was kind of those things and knowing that behind the micro microphone microwave no uh behind the microphone we're we're equal i mean we right. are we're quite comfortable most of us and um certainly i know that's true for me yeah i know i know that you know there's radio programs that i really look forward to they can make they can be a a mental shift for me if I'm having a day where I need that inspiration or I'm having a day where I'm a little scattered and I need some calming down and the people really speak to you and you invite them into your homes. And um, so I, I can appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Eli, is, is it okay? Well. If, is yeah. it okay if I have uh, one more question for Anna? Go ahead. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Pretty similar. What was your inspiration for starting your YouTube channel? And and yeah, my inspiration. You know what? I always enjoy taking videos when I could see, uh, and I would always just capture videos from the you know family, especially Disney. I live next to Disney, so I always took videos. And then when I was doing my last, I believe it was my last semester for my first master's degree. We had a, a presentation, and the, I was always a blind student in the, in the class. So we had a, a semester presentation, and one of the, the group members suggested to do a presentation on, on uh, physical disabilities. And I go like, "All right, okay, but what do I, what do I, what do I do? It's going to be twenty minutes with a whole project, and uh, I was a little anxious about presenting, right?" And uh, it was actually kind of the beginning of those, I guess, the first two or three years of YouTube. And I go, hmm, guide dogs for the blind. That's where I got my first guide dog. And they actually, uh, when I went for my sick, to do, um, they asked me to, to do a video so they could advertise guide dogs for the blind in Spanish and open up their, their website. So they did a, a professional video with a TV station in, in San Francisco. So they, I flew over there. They did a, a, they did a YouTube video. Uh, and I got the idea from there. I go like, hmm, what if for my semester presentation, I actually find someone who can videotape me and I talk about, um, you know, the jazz and, and the college experience. And I did a video and from there, Every it was very successful in class. Every they opened up for questions, and everyone was asking questions, Anna, about the Just program and how I function as a blind student. And from there, I could just continue, continue doing videos for my second master's to make my life easier. And then I just figure out that I could just capture whatever happened out there, and that makes me feel better. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so yeah, and I just continue doing, and I actually wouldn't. I wouldn't tell anyone. My family just found out that I have a YouTube channel probably a year and a half ago. Oh my. <laughs> I wouldn't tell anyone, but I, I, I um, actually kept getting messages from people, blind people in Central South America, United States, uh, Spain, where I have a lot of my friends and people telling me that they were going blind because of retinitis pigmentosa or someone that had a blind child or someone that just had a car accident and that they got inspired and that just um did it and motivates you to keep going right yeah yeah Yeah. and i call my channel i i used to have it with my name anna garcia and then i just call it blind with a vision and yeah 
that's it. I love it. I love it. And that will be in your resources, Eli. So I definitely encourage you or anyone else listening to, um, to go and watch some of those. Yeah. I just subscribed. Okay. Awesome. Excited. (laughs) Excited. Jen, do we have any other hands? Cause if not, I have a question that I'd like to, um, sort of put out there to maybe Joey could answer first. And do we have other hands raised? Well, none of the youth are raising your, their hand, but um, Reg has his hand raised. Oh, oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's up to you. Okay, I'm just okay Reg. So we're going to let you ask your question because you did offer something so that we're going to let you ask your question, Reg. And then I have a question for the panelists that maybe they can share. And then if we have room, we can sort of open it up to anyone else if there's no other youth. Okay, Reg, you're up. Hey, the last thing I wanted to do was preempting youth. I don't know how I ended up on a panel side. <laughs> no, I'm no, sorry. I fixed it though. I sent you out. <laughs> I know. You're good, Reggie. I just wanted to give a, a, a resource for Maddie. I wanted to say 20,000 Hertz is this amazing podcast about sound design. And on uh, Backpack Studio for the iPhone uh, has. You can have like unlimited sound pads and load whatever sounds you want in yeah. there for sound effects. That's for Eli. And yeah, uh, that's good. the Blind Podmaker podcast is amazing. And uh, the the last one I wanted to say was Dolby On is free and is great for recording and video and streaming for taking the nose out, noise out. Anna is absolutely right. And I'm going away. Reg, can you send those to me so I can include those in our resource list? Absolutely. Thank you, friend. I appreciate you. Okay. If there's no hands, I'm going to put a question out and then we'll open it up for anyone in the audience that would like to come up and ask a question. So it's kind of a a two-part question. So pick which part you'd like to answer. And Joey, I'm going to have you go first, if you don't mind. So my question is, what would you say to anyone who's listening who wants to get into the field of sound and or the other question that you could answer is what dream do you still have regarding sound that you haven't yet achieved because i think it's important that we all um oh my friend says embrace life with curiosity and dream big either one of those questions if you wouldn't mind what what would you like to say joey i'd love to hear from you Yeah, so um, the biggest thing is once you have established what your goal is, to be around where that kind of thing is happening. So for me, uh, I stay around where people are making music, where they're making films, where they're creating art. And of course, my, my bailiwick is, you know, audio side. So, but just being around where creative things are happening and just getting out in the middle of it and being involved. Um, that's, that's what I did when I first started. I just, my first dream was to make radio plays and to do sound effects and, um, to do, you know, music and dialogue. And so, uh, the boy, I didn't know any actors. I was 16 years old and I didn't know any actors. We lost you for a minute there. Are you still with us? So, 
We're losing you, my friend. You're cutting oh, in and out. Can you hear me now? Yep, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought I was. I thought I was going. Yeah. So what I was saying was that um, the uh, I was interested in recording sound effects and music and dialogue like a radio play, and I wanted to be actors because I didn't know any good actors because I was only sixteen. So I called my university up here in town and said, "You guys have a drama department. I want to meet some actors." And they said, "Well, you're in the sound. Come run sound for our theater." And so that's how I got involved and stayed involved uh, by by just getting to know people and being around where creative things are happening. Yeah, I think that's a great, a great, my, my forget what the, his exact um, way that he puts it, but my husband always says to surround yourself by people that are smarter than you oh, absolutely. Um, and not be intimidated by that. Um, well, no matter where you are in your journey, whether you're starting or you've been doing it for 20 years, you're always going to find people you can learn from. And what's fascinating to me is that the novice and the professional can teach you just about as much. Because if, if anytime you approach your craft in a new, insightful way, uh, there's something to be learned from that. I think it's fantastic. So you can learn from that. I, I just keep an open mind and just listen as much as I talk, hopefully. And, <laughs> and I, try to be, I just try to be open to inspiration. But there's so many amazing people that are inspired to, to be creative and so many wonderful things you can learn from everybody, no matter where they are in their journey, which is amazing. Yeah, my friend Tyson says God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Yes. So it goes right <laughs> along with what you're saying, right? Is you know, learn Absolutely. to listen more. Absolutely, and that's and that's what you know. Being a good sound engineer is about searching for balance and and listening. That's that's the primary thing that I do with most of my days. I sit there and listen mm -hmm. and try to figure out you know how I can make things more articulate, more clear. Uh, you know, and, and then there's also this thing about you know understanding what sounds move people and how sound impacts people emotionally so and how music impacts people emotionally so you figure out what communicates the message the most and you get that to forefront in your mix and i mean as far as dreams go i've, I've got i've got a head full of dreams i'm always dreaming about new adventures and new new things and uh you know i'm always wanting to improve what i do i always want to get the best at what i do i want to have the best tools available to me um and i you know i, I love it so I, I you know there's there's lots of things i haven't done uh but to quote Hamilton, just you wait. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, yeah, I love that. I love that. I have a dream I'm adding to my list now that I know you can make me sound like Adele. So I'll, I'll be listen, in touch. I've got, the, I've got the microphones to, to give, you this, <laughs> give you that. I mean, I've got it. Yeah, I can swap her over to her accent because it's not fake for me. But I, I don't know about the singing part. I'll have to work on that a little bit. All right, Anna or Debbie, either of you guys want to share like a little inspiration for, for anyone listening? Yes. What would you say to anyone getting into this particular field? And or what is a dream that you have still on your heart to accomplish? Debbie, you want to go first or should I go? Okay, I'll make it brief. Um, I would say that um, to really do research and surround yourself with people to find out what they're doing, how they're doing it with sound. I interview people when you get a chance, go to what they're doing and get involved with ACB Media because there's a lot to learn and a lot to do there. And it's a great way of contributing to uh, your affiliate and to the organization nationally. Um, and then um, to, for me, my dream to keep speaking um, to large audiences as I used to when I had my books come out and uh, probably one day to do a TED talk. Mm. So, Great goals. Great yeah. goals. 
Anna. Thank you. Yeah. Mm, thank, you. thank you. Well, for me, we are surrounded by uh, sound, 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 sound everywhere. But the most powerful sound from my point of view is our voice. We were given a voice so we can use it and we can use it for bad or for good. But, <laughs> you know, I always invite everyone, my blind people and for my um, blind and visually impaired younger, younger people, voice is the sound that you want to make sound out there. We need younger blind people to become activists and use that voice to let the world know that we blind people count, that we are not just mm, rich people. We are people. We are people. And if you use your voice through a podcast, YouTube channel, uh, radio show, Facebook Live, whatever, but you used to, you have to use that voice and make that sound uh, sound everywhere, everywhere. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. It's true. And it's true. I tell my kids all the time, <clears throat> you know, my daughter, I, I say she has leadership qualities and she can use that for good. She can use that for bad. And it's the same thing with the way that we speak to people and we use our voices. We can use that for good and we can use that for bad. And so just being really aware of what do we want to put out there and what do we want? Um, what's the message we're trying to relay? So Jen, any other questions in the audience or any of the youth? Um, yeah, Judah has his hand raised. Hey, Judah. Um, hi. Um, quick question, because I know there was someone with uh, low vision, kind of like me, here. Um... I'm in middle school right now, and sorry, this isn't 100% on topic, but... It's okay. Go um, ahead. Is there just any tips for just kind of like how to do things better? Middle um, school's tough, right, Judah? Yeah, it is tough. Middle school's Especially tough. Especially with... A vision impairment, yeah. Right. You know what I would say? And, you know, then we'll ask the panelists if they have any sort of encouraging words for you. But what I would say is to be true to who you are. Because okay. we're not always going to be best friends with every person that comes into contact with us. But there is going to be, there are going to be those people. And a lot of times we don't even know this till later on. That just by being ourselves, we inspire them. We're teaching them, um, you know, they're watching to see how we do things. And it might not be until many years later that someone reaches out to you and says, I remember when you were, you know, an eighth grader or you were a sixth grader and I saw you do this and it inspired me to A, go into this career or I was having a tough day that day. And when I saw you trying, when I was ready to give up, so my, my biggest piece of advice to you, Judah, and I know you and I think you're fabulous, is to just continue being your amazing self and to, to get to a place of peace with your blindness, but to never stop, to never stop trying and don't let it define you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to open it up to the panelists to see what they have to say. That's right. a beautiful question. I appreciate your vulnerability and your and your question. May I, well, I want to cheer I, for Anna. 
Yeah. Okay. We'll go with Anna and then we'll, we'll go with Debbie and then Joey, I'm sure you have something to say to you. Okay. I know the other, um, some, somebody else mentioned being partially blind. Uh, I totally, totally hear you. I know how it is having low vision. I have RP. So for years, even though I was already 19, I know how it is. And it sounds very easy, right? When someone tells you stick to your, right? Be yourself. When you are actually going through middle school and you are, you know, getting to those years when it's critical, when, uh, you know, that your peers are important and you mind what they think about you and what they say, and you don't want to be the, the different one. I know it is, it is challenging, but I agree with uh, Haley. Uh, it is critical to have someone that you trust and you can actually share. Don't keep it to yourself because it, it, it'll just keep uh, accumulating. Have someone that you can be out with. Uh, however, um, yeah, if you just continue hiding the low vision, it's not going to help. It's not. It's not. I think if you just acknowledge that that's who you are and find your um, strengths and go from there, yeah, you'll be, you'll be okay. Maybe during the teenage years, it doesn't seem like it, but I promise you, I promise you that it's, it's going to get better. For sure. And, and blindness is definitely an added challenge, but I can tell you, Judah, that as a mom of, of children who um, don't have vision um, issues, they're, they're feeling a lot of that same stuff that you're also feeling. But that's what this community provides to people who are blind, who are just like in a different place, new to the journey. This community of blind people, be it the resources that people are sharing here tonight, whether it's WCB families or WCB as a whole or ACB, you know, that's the beautiful thing about being part of this community is that there's people to reach out to and you just find who is, who is that safe, um, that safe place for you. Debbie? I want to say Anna said that her channel deals with issues like self-esteem and how sometimes, you know, what it really feels like to be lost when you're walking around and all kinds of things. She said the reality she wants to show the reality. And I want to say it's one reality. The other reality is you've got lots of skills. You've got lots of what you already need inside you to be successful. It's just getting more support where the areas are hard. And I bet Anna's YouTube channel is one place. And all of the advice that they've already given about you know, knowing what stay true to you and find who you can trust and you will get through it. And those are just really hard years. Um, but just remember that the struggles are, they're definitely real and they are one part of reality. They're not the whole reality. The other part of it is, is that you have, you have dreams, you have what's calling to you. And, um, even if you're not sure of that, it will, it will, um, continue to, um, evolve as you continue to grow. So um, I hope this helps. Oh, thank you for that. That's super encouraging. I appreciate that. Joey, you want to share anything on that question for Judah? Sure. Yeah, I remember, um, and as I said, back in the dark ages of the 70s, um, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have a lot of resources like like people do now. And it's, it's really important to avail yourself of those resources and, and to, to find places with people where you can talk to them and you can learn. And you can have access to, to support. Um, fortunately, I had a, a mom and dad that 
advocated for me when I was too young to do stuff for myself. Um, but, you know, it's tricky because I have been through, especially when you talk about what is blind, a lot of people can't really comprehend what it means. And I know that when I was in school and different times in my life, uh, there were people that either thought I was too blind or wasn't blind enough. And um, they thought either I did more, did, was, was pretending to be able to, 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 to uh, do more than I could do, or was pretending to be able to do less than I could do. It was really, it was crazy. Um, and and it, it's, it, it can be very painful. But the main thing that I realized, and this is a difficult thing to really comprehend and, and sink into your, to your heart and your mind, but eventually I realized that I was the one that determined my future and I was the one that determined my reality. And what I mean by that is that I, I, I have to believe in me first. I have to think I have value first. And once you do that, once you realize that um, you know, how, you, how you think of yourself is a big part of how other people think of you, um, then, then you, you start having tools where you can control uh, your, 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 the things that happen to you a lot more. And, and so we can't control other people, but we can control our actions and reactions. And that really is what I learned. Uh, sadly, I didn't learn it until I was about 17. <laughs> but that That's out. pretty good. It's taken me a lot longer than that. <laughs> well, you, you wouldn't, I mean, listen, I think you're a genius, but, but um, at least that's what I've been paid to say. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, I mean, it, it is a hard thing to understand. And it's, it's hard to understand why people react to uh, you differently and why they don't just see you as a person. Um, that's, that's a tough thing to get your mind around. But eventually, um, you know, once I really understood that I was the one that had the power, I, I took the power back. I didn't give it to other people to have, allow them to control how I felt about myself. Um, so it's tricky, and it's a hard thing to understand, but it will come to you, and one day you will understand that, and you will be, you will be safe and secure in yourself. And that's, that's a future I know you'll have. And uh, until, until that happens, and it may be tomorrow, it may be 10 years. Yeah. Does that make sense, Judah? Do you feel supported in your question? Yeah. Judah, I hope that was helpful. And um, you're stuck with us, buddy. So absolutely. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Thank you, guys. That was great. So I just want to do a a check on time. And Jen, if there's anyone else that has their hand raised and Cecily, how we're doing for time, because I know right after this, we have the big banquet um, coming. So everyone needs to have time to grab their glass of their beverage of choice and sit down with their dinner and get their fancy um, gown on and get ready for the banquet. So Jen, how are we doing for hands? And Cecily, how are we doing for time? It is 22. Okay, so we're probably going to be closing up here, guys, so that you have time. Jen, are there any other youth with their hands raised? There is not any youth with their hand raised. Okay, are there other hands raised, however? Nope. Okay, all right. Well, then I think that's a good a good stopping point. Um, I've been so looking forward to this panel um, ever since we sort of reached out to one another to have you guys come because... Um, a really diverse group. Um, sorry that our other speaker wasn't able to be here, but that just means that we have something to look forward to. And I hope that, um, you know, whether you're looking to get into the field of sound, whether that's YouTube or radio, podcasting, music, production, um, music, you know, performing, whatever that is for you, I hope that you've heard something today that sort of inspired and encouraged you.
And, and as much as I love all that, I love that we took this, this call to the, to the point, thank you, Judah, of just believing in ourselves and surrounding ourselves with people that can lift us up and push us forward. And so I love that because that's a message that we all need to hear, regardless of what career field we go into. So thank you, everyone. Um, Cecily and Deb, thank you for taking care of the streaming and the hosting side of things. Um, Jen and Marcy, I appreciate you sort of looking out for the students, making sure they had their, their questions answered. And Deb and Joey and Anna, so grateful that you guys were um, willing to give up some of your time. I know it's late for some of you who are over on the East Coast. And so thank you so much for being part of our evening and being the frosting on our cake for this convention. So grateful. Thank Thanks, you. everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. We will uh, drop the stream because we have yeah. about 20 minutes before the banquet, and that should get everybody time to get their rubber chicken out and their <laughs> wilted salad. <laughs> And their cheesecake that's seen better days, <laughs> and those rubber noodles that that um, that uh, Haley wants us to eat. <laughs> so so grateful. thank you, progress. everyone, for being here. I'm going to do the same thing, except I'm not having any of that. <laughs> and I'll be see you guys all in the banquet. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Good evening, and welcome to the last event of this year, 2021, Washington Council of the Blinds annual virtual convention. And this is our virtual banquet. I'm Denise Colley, your mistress of ceremonies for tonight, coming to you from the great city of Houston, Texas, which is now my new home. And tonight we are privileged to have a great banquet program for you. We're going to hear from um, and get a lot of presentations and meet some real great people. And we're going to have some door prizes, but you're going to have to wait till the end for those. And we're going to hear what I'm sure is going to be an inspiring banquet presentation. So Get your virtual drink of choice, sit back, and enjoy the show. First on our agenda for tonight is our invocation, and it is going to be presented by our own president, Julie Brannon. Thank you, Denise. Father, thank you so much for this chance to meet together one last time at the end of our convention. I thank you for the ingenuity, the strength, the dedication of all the people that put this annual WCB convention together. Thank you that we did have the strength in the people. Lord, be with us through the coming year as we work on WCB and be with each person in membership in them. Thank you for your blessings. And thank you for, again, a 2021 WCB convention almost completed. In thy precious name, amen. Amen. Our next presentation is one that is just and always has been near and dear to my heart. And um, when I handed over the reins several years ago, and then I got to select this person as um, 
the chair of this committee when I was president, I felt really honored. So we're going to have an opportunity now to, we heard a little bit about them Thursday night at the board meeting, and now we have a chance to get to meet them and learn a little bit more about them and to give us our presentation of our scholarship winners for 2021. Please help me welcome Kim Moberg, chair of the WCB Scholarship Committee. Kim. Thank you, Denise. It is good to see so many of you here tonight. It is always exciting to me to be able to present our scholarship winners to you each year. Before I present our winners, though, I would like to present to you the scholarship committee. This committee is a great bunch of individuals to work with. I am honored to present to you my committee. I have Danette Dixon, Holly Turry, Jessamine Lanby, Julie Brennan, Tim McCorkle, and Yvonne Thomas Miller. New to this committee is this year are Nancy Lind and Jody. Both of these ladies are a valuable asset to this committee. I like to find a way to include folks to join committees. Nancy Lid wanted to participate in this committee. I had fun working with Nancy. She, if she wants to be on the committee again next year, I have more things for her to do. I enjoyed working with Jody as well. She has a great, she is a great asset to this committee as well. She is a very dedicated worker. So without any further delays, let's present some scholarships. Tonight, we have six individuals who will be receiving scholarships. All those who submitted applications along with supporting documents received a scholarship this year. For the returning candidates, we tried something new this year. Two committee members interviewed these candidates. Julie and myself interviewed the first scholarship winner. Julie Brennan is awesome to work with. She has been on this committee for many, many years. She immediately puts the individual at ease that is going to be interviewed. Julie and I interviewed Isaac Hyman Julie will introduce Isaac, and then we will hear from Isaac. Hi, everyone. This is Julie Brannon, and I'm a member of the WCB Scholarship Committee. I have the phenomenal privilege to introduce you to our, actually, our highest scholarship winner this year, highest in regard to what he will be getting from our committee. Isaac Hyman is a returning scholarship winner, and if I remember right, this is his third year. He will be getting a $5,000 scholarship from WCB this year. Isaac is a, currently a senior at Western Washington University in Bellingham, 
and he is majoring in, let's see if I can get this straight, behavioral neuroscience, if I've got it right. But his goal is to become a medical doctor and eventually a neurologist. Isaac comes to us with a continuous 4.0 GPA, and I don't know how the man has time to get a 4.0 GPA with all the other activities he's involved in. So, Isaac, the most important thing is to hear from you, but congratulations on winning the scholarship from us and congratulations on all the work you've done we're so glad to have you with us so please share with us just about you know all the activities you are involved in what i think it'd be interesting for people to hear briefly what led you to this career goal and then anything you'd like to say to wcb yes thank you so much julie that's a wonderful introduction and first off i just wanted to say how grateful i am to the generosity of the Washington Council of the Blind. This organization is amazing and I am just astonished with how, um, yeah, the support and just how, how amazing you guys are. It's just, it means so much. It's made my college experience a whole lot smoother, having um, some financial stress taken away. So I just, I really appreciate the support. It goes um, makes a big difference in my life. So, yeah, I'm interested in medicine. Plan is medical school after graduating this next spring. And what really got me on this path was different medical conditions I've come up, I've encountered in my own life. So I was born with ocular albinism, so I'm visually impaired, and then also. Um, when I was 16, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And so with those, with those medical conditions, especially with diabetes, I was inspired by the team of doctors that I was working with that helped me learn about how to, um, how to manage this condition effectively and live the healthiest life possible um, for my situation. So I'm inspired to help others in those situations regain their health and get back on their feet. So right now uh, at Western, uh, Western Washington University, I've been grateful um, to have the opportunity to be involved with a bunch of really cool student clubs. So the, currently I'm the vice president of the Neuroscience Club. We call ourselves the nerds, the neuroscience research-driven students. <laughs> so I'm the vice president for that. And that's a really fun club to be a part of, great community. I'm also uh, the president currently of the Washington Association of Blind Students. So it's a, a group of blind and visually impaired students in Washington State. And we have a we have a fun time with getting events together and just um, supporting one another. I'm working two jobs right now at Western, one with the Office of Donor Relations, and I'm also a tutor at the tutoring center, and I'm currently the lead organic chemistry tutor at Western. So that is really fun to help tutors be uh, up on the content and just... Um, be in more of a senior role in this job that I've worked a couple years now. So I'm really glad to be back on campus this year at Western and interacting with people in person. It's wonderful. And 
yeah, it's I'm excited to finish off college this year, senior year, and then move on to move on to medical school and see where see where that takes me. Thinking of neurology, uh, but I'm trying to try not to box myself in at the moment. So I'm excited for the journey ahead. Thank you so much, everyone. Just the generosity is incredible. Thank you. Thank you, Isaac. That was an excellent overview. And again, congratulations on being a scholarship winner again this year, 2021. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Um, so I must make one correction about Isaac, and I didn't catch it till I listened to it tonight. Isaac is receiving a $4,000 scholarship, not a $5,000 scholarship. Isaac will also be receiving a $75 additional scholarship from monies directly donated by chapters and other individuals here through Washington Council of the Blind. Next, we will hear from Yvonne Thomas Miller. This is Yvonne's second year on this committee, and she is becoming a valuable contributor to the committee. Yvonne will be introducing Isaac, I mean, excuse me, Angel Daly, and then we will hear from Angel. Hello, WCB family. It's my pleasure to introduce you to Angel Daly. He's a student at University of Washington, and he's a scholarship recipient of $4,000. Hi, everyone. My name is Angel Daly. I go to the UW Tacoma campus, and I'm currently working going into medical school. I'm majoring in psychology and on the, on the pre-med track, and the goal is to become a child and adolescent psychiatrist. I would like to thank WCB for this amazing opportunity. This is going to go a long way towards my further my, my undergrad degree and even helping me in medical school when I get there. So thank you very much. Some of the stuff that I've been working on over the summer would include volunteering for the WCB Families Committee and helping uh, formulate some of those uh, events for the annual conference, as well as being a research assistant on campus, studying P. gingivalis, which is a bacteria that goes into your mouth. And not good, but it secretes these things called outer membrane vesicles that play a part in biofilms, which is some pretty cool stuff. But I'm not going to bore you guys with that. And I'm currently working on becoming a medical scribe just to get that physician one-on-one -on -one experience because I know shadowing physicians is really important for medical school and they want med medical school applicants uh, need uh, shadowing hours. And so uh, COVID-19 really impacted my shadowing experience. I had two physicians lined up to shadow, but those were, those fell through because of COVID-19. So I thought the next best thing was to become a medical scribe. And that's what I'm currently working on, as well as going to school. So a medical scribe is essentially somebody who walks in to, into the doctor's appointment with a physician and is kind of in the background. And they type the, the history of the patient, including allergies, past procedures, and the chief complaint of the whole of the reason why you're, the individual is in the room in the first place. And so... I'm kind of in the background 
but I get to work with, I will be working with a lot of physicians, especially working in the emergency room. And so upon my interview, the physician, to, uh, the interviewer told me, be okay wearing anything you would like to wear, get blood on because that's a great possibility. And that's one thing that really got me excited. <laughs> Not that staying in my clothes is, is exciting, but getting being that in that type of environment um, and working with other physicians, that'll be that's going to be really great. Thank you, Isaac. Um, thank you, Angel. In addition to his scholarship, Angel will be also receiving a scholarship in the amount of seventy-five dollars, which again was donated directly by chapter and other individuals. Now we will hear from Holly Turry. Thank goodness for Holly. She has been our Zoom host all year, so she has had an extra duty. I really appreciate her stepping forward to help me out with this presentation. Jody O'Flaherty was the person that did the initial interview. Due to medical reasons, she was unable to continue at this time. She has so many good ideas, and I am hoping that she will be able to return to this committee in 2022. Holly, thank you again. She will be introducing Gabriel Olson, and then we will hear from Gabe. Good afternoon. My name is Holly Turry. I'm with the Scholarship Committee, and it gives me great pleasure to present a scholarship to a wonderful young man. I was read his things, looked at his papers, and I was so impressed with him. His name is Gabriel Olson, and he is living in um, Olympia, Washington, and he's attending the uh, Evergreen College, and he's getting his master's in teaching. Um, and Gabe will be receiving a $3,000 scholarship Gabe, do you have anything that you would like to add? Yeah, I want to thank you, Holly, for introducing me. I'd like to thank the Washington Council for the Blind and the Scholarship Committee for the scholarship awarded me, and also to thank the committee for allowing me the chance to show my appreciation during the 2021 WCB Virtual Convention. Thank you to Kim Moberg and Jody O'Flaherty for your assistance throughout the application process. It was a long affair and your guidance was greatly appreciated. I also want to thank Harry Whiting, my vocational rehabilitation counselor with the Washington State Department of Services for the Blind for introducing me to WCB. As a person that is legally blind from retinitis pigmentosa and suffers from moderate hearing loss, a combination known as Usher syndrome, I want to share a quote that I hold dear to my heart. Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see by Mark Twain. WCB's mission of promoting opportunity, equality, and independence with the blind and visually impaired community through education, public awareness, and advocacy is an amazing kindness. With the support of WCB, I'm earning a master's degree from Evergreen State College graduate program, class of 2022. With this scholarship, I'll be able to succeed with my goal of becoming a primary educational teacher and becoming an advocate for the invisible disability community. 
Growing up, I never had a teacher or role model that were like me. I want children and adults alike to witness that a disability does not have to hold you back and to see what can be accomplished when you put your mind to it. With my pursuit in education, which is made possible by the help of WCB and the scholarship community, committee, I will gain independence within my community and become a participant in society rather than a spectator. I also want to congratulate the other WCB scholarship winners and may your goals be achieved as well, developing into future leaders. Once again, I wish to thank the Washington Council for the Blind and the scholarship committee for the amazing financial support. Thank you. Thank you, Gabe. In addition to his scholarship, Gabriel will also be receiving a scholarship in the amount of $200, which was directly donated by chapters and other individuals. The next committee member to present is Jessamine Lanby. This is her second year on this committee. She's a hard worker that asked a lot of questions. I have enjoyed having her on the committee this year. Jess will be introducing Cassandra Eden, and then we will hear from Cassandra. Good evening, my name is Jessamine Lambie, and I have the honor of introducing Cassandra Eden. She's currently attending Clark County College for a office administration degree. She'll be receiving a $3,000 scholarship this year. Congratulations, Cassandra. Thank you. I'm very honored to have been selected as the recipient of the Washington Council of the Blind Scholarship. Thank you for your generosity. The scholarship allows me to focus on my studies, which will allow me to do well in my future. I'm a deafblind student at Clark College, majoring in business administration. I attended and graduated the orientation and training center, completed the NLS transcriber course, and submitted my trial manuscript for the NLS transcriber certification, which can take six to eight weeks. My goal is to complete my degree here at Clark College and use the transcriber certification to provide equal opportunity materials and a fair, equal work environment for everyone. Thank you, Cassandra. In addition to Cassie's scholarship this year, she will also be receiving a scholarship in the amount of $200. Again, that money has directly been donated by chapters and others. Um, next, my next committee member is Danette Dixon. Danette is the person that always takes notes and claims to be my personal secretary. She always makes me smile. Danette will be introducing Stephen McRae, and then we will hear from Stephen. I am here to introduce Stephen McRae, prefers to be called Steve. Steve lives in Cheney and he's going to Bocan Community College. And he is studying to be a chemical dependency counselor. And Steve, it was a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you. 
I want to thank the Washington Council of the Blind for giving me the opportunity with this scholarship. Um, I'm looking to get a degree in social working and use that towards becoming a chemical dependency counselor. Um, uh, I am a member of a family that has multiple generations of family members that have suffered from uh, blindness. Um, I will be the first of my family to receive a college degree when I complete. I am going to complete my Associate of Arts at the Spokane Community College, and then I intend to move to EWU to complete a bachelor's degree in either social working or psychology, so I can apply those towards uh, becoming a chemical dependency counselor. My family uh, homesteaded here in eastern Washington. Um, the original farmstead was purchased by my great-grandfather in 1917, and my mother still lives on the farm, and I uh, help her with her gardening and, and with any of the other work that she needs done out there. Uh, we have a fruit orchard out there, and we also... Uh, we grow a lot of our own vegetables that the family uses. My uh, stepfather, actually, this will be his last year of operating the farm. He's uh, 78 years old, and we're hoping my son is able to take over after he graduates from college. He just started down at WSU himself. But I just want to make sure that it's known that I am very appreciative of of being selected for this scholarship. I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to use the funds yet, but it it gives me an option if I need it. Um, I, I'm going to keep it in the count for now. I'm not sure whether I'm going to need to use it for technology or if I will need to use it for books or tuition next quarter. I just want to say congratulations, and I'm very proud to interview you, and it, it was a great getting to know you, and good luck in your studies. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, in addition to his scholarship, Stephen will also be receiving a scholarship in the amount of $200. Again, this money was donated by chapters and individuals that support the scholarship program. Now, that is the, con the conclusion. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> now we will hear from committee member Tim McCorkle. Tim has been on this committee for many, many years. And person, he is a wonderful sounding board. I truly appreciate his help as I do all of my committee members. Tim will, in, will introduce David Mowell, and then we will hear from David. Hello, my name is Tim McCorkle, and on behalf of the Washington Council of Blind Scholarship Committee, it is my honor and privilege to introduce David Mowell as a recipient of a 2021 WC scholarship. Uh, David impressed the committee with his perseverance and resilience. He's an immigrant from the Sudan where he experienced some 
significant persecution and and uh, war strife. He immigrated to the United States in 2001, where he uh, worked in the fishing industry, both in the Virginia and in Alaska. And then throughout this time, he's also endured vision loss due to retinitis pigmentosa. Uh, David, throughout this time, though, he's he's determined to get his education, whether it was in refugee camps in East Africa, in the colleges in, in Virginia, and now at Seattle Central College. He is pursuing, pursuing an associate's degree at Seattle Central in accounting and plans to move on to a four-year degree and get a, a bachelor's degree in business. And David, on behalf of the Washington Council of the Blind Scholarship Committee, congratulations. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Kim. Yeah, I will begin by saying, dear Washington Council of the Blind, scholarship committee, and one of your chapters, I am here to thank you for your generous award of $2,200 scholarship toward my studies. I am very happy and extremely thankful to, to be selected as a recipient of your scholarship. May God bless your generous organization with wealth so that you can continue to help those in need who may come after me. As I stated a few months ago, in my essay, I am one of an, an accompanied minors from Sudan who came to the United States in late 2000 and who are known in the United States today as lost boy and lost girl. Most of them have succeeded educationally and financially but few are still struggling. I am among the struggling few. <laughs> I am among the few who are still struggling. I always blame the hardship and the struggling life that I am living on my four eyesight. But my own foreign back home in Africa, including my own foreign, <laughs> who knew that I was born with retinitis pigmentosa, do not see it that way. I witnessed, I witnessed it when I went back to a country of my origin, South Sudan, after I had been away for almost 30 years. I went back there to live permanently in my village because my doctor here in the United States told me that I could not no longer work because I lost most of my vision. I did, I did not like the homeless life that I was going to live on the street before I could find a housing. 
after a few months of living in my village, after, you know, when I went back to Africa, I lived with my people in my village back in South Sudan. Some of my family members and friends see me as a pale man. Because I did not come back home with money or a degree. Some even form opinion that I was defaulted by the United States government. I remember my own mama asking me by saying, son, what did you, why did you come back home MTN? What did you do all this year in America? I replied to her that I was working all this year, but after I lost most of my vision, I lost everything else. The money that I saved, I used it to pay my rent. She laughed. When she laughed, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. But she, she laughed and say, when you were with us here in Africa, you could only, you could not see a night time, but you could see clearly a daytime. To make the long story short, All this view about me from my foreign and relative and friend caused me to come to the United States in 2017. Here in Seattle, I live one year on the street, but after I found a place to stay, I enrolled in Seattle Central College in 2019. After I enrolled in Seattle Central College, thank you, David. <laughs> Sorry, I love my. Thank you, David. In addition to the scholarship that David will be receiving, he will also be receiving an additional. $200, which again was monies directly donated by chapters and other individuals. I present to you the 2021 scholarship winners. Congratulations. We look forward to hearing from you about your future accomplishments. Before I close out this year's presentation of scholarship awards, Julie Brennan, WCB president, would like to say a few words to you, the scholarship winners. Thank you, Kim, very much. First of all, as WC pres president, I want to thank Kim Moberg, committee chair, Tim McCorkle, committee vice chair, and every committee member I can't tell you how many hours of hard work goes into this committee, and Tim leads it with precision and diligence. There's much work that goes into it, but it's such a valuable outreach program that WCB 
is currently involved in, has been involved in for many years. And scholarship winners, you just can't know how honored we as an organization feel to walk along with you in your post-secondary adventures and journey. I'm going to be honest with you, though. We hope we don't lose you. We hope we get to hear from you once you have time in your schooling to connect with us. And after schooling, we really expect to have you come back and be a part of our organization and add to us. We need you. We need your energy. We need your drive. We need your intelligence. So I would be dishonest if I tried to pretend we we didn't hope that we get to enlist you as members and working committee members and working members in our organization. Thank you again, Kim, and your committee. Thank you, Kim. And thank you, Julie. And congratulations to all of you students. It's awesome. Another uh, special part of every banquet is our presentation of awards. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I tell you what, I never saw such a diligent committee as I saw this year. And they're continuing to remind us over and over and over again about the need for award nominations. So I'm expecting some really great things in terms of our awards. So to present our awards for this year, please help me welcome Jessamine Lambie, Chair of RWCB Awards Committee. Jessamine. Good evening, everyone. I would like to thank my committee. They were great in helping getting us many nominations. And the first award that I am going to present is the Amateur and Lieberg Outstanding Advocacy Award. Uh, this is presented to Anna Zerberts and her award says Anna is a low vision mom, bicycle and pedestrian advocate. Anna created the Disability Mobility Initiative in the state of Washington to increase funding for people with disabilities to have more access to accessible travel routes in the state of Washington. Congratulations, Anna, on this award. So this is Anna Zivartz. I uh, live in Seattle and I'm the director of the Disability Mobility Initiative, which is a program at Disability Rights Washington. And I grew up here in Washington State as well. I born and raised in Olympia, went to high school in Tacoma, uh, lived in other parts of the, uh, the, the country for a while, and now I am back here in Washington State and really thrilled to be working with the disability community and, and the blind community in particular. I was born with an eye condition, nystagmus, um, that has you know, been part of my life, <laughs> my whole life. But unfortunately, I didn't have deep connections to the blind community growing up. And that's something that, you know, I, I think was really lacking in my, my own development as a human being and my own just, you know, acceptance of my vision and finding the tools and the skills I needed to navigate the world. And so it's really wonderful as an adult to, to come in and be part of and be engaged with other other blind folks that have been such wonderful mentors and um, such, yeah, just such a great community of folks to learn from and to connect with and to advocate with. And 
So the, the work I'm doing at Disability Mobility Initiative is something that's been a passion of mine my whole life. Uh, I've always been a non-driver. And so transportation access is something that I think about day in and day out. It's a big part of how I navigate the world, um, as, as for many of us who I think are, are non-drivers. And so I, I recognize that there was a need for this kind of advocacy. We definitely at Disability Rights Washington have heard you know, again and again, when we do community surveys, that transportation access is a big priority for, for folks and a big barrier. And so it was wonderful to have the opportunity to launch the Disability Mobility Initiative. We launched about a year ago in the fall of 2020. And to start to do organizing work, to start to connect with people throughout the state, um, many of whom are WCV members who are non-drivers and to hear their stories and start to engage folks in our advocacy uh, work around trying to create a more inclusive, more accessible, more complete transportation network for those of us who are non-drivers in Washington. So that work has been so wonderful um, and it's so great to be connected and have the support of the blind community here in Washington state. This is also something that, you know, it's deeply personal for me, but it's also personal because I have a son who is also low vision, has the same uh, nystagmus I do. And so, you know, I do this work for him as well as for myself. I want him to feel unlike I did, <laughs> that Washington State is a place where he can get around uh, and that he has a community, um, that the blind community, you know, is, is there for him and he can be part of it as he grows up. And so it's really, really an honor to receive this award um, and to be invited to be in this space with you all. Thank you. Yes, and thanks again, Anna. She, she seems to be doing some great things for advocacy. The next award that I have the honor of giving is the Newsline Editor's Award, which is presented to Alan Benson. And his award says, in recognition, in writing about your funny book chat that you have entitled, What's Up, Holmes? Which has appeared in the fall 2021 edition. Congratulations, Alan. Thank you, Jess. And thank you, Reg. I am really gratified to have received the editor's award from the WCB Newsline. It was about two years ago that uh, Reg asked me if I'd be interested in writing a column about books. And I've written seven so far. And I've really enjoyed writing all of them. It's not too hard to write. I just look at the book I've just read, and it usually inspires me. Uh, but I had been thinking about writing a series, a column about series for a while, because I spend all day trying to help people keep track of series of books. And it just seems funny to me that people are so worried about it. And, uh, so this column... Uh, sort of makes fun of the series thing, but also shows that the whole discussion about series has been going on for literally almost since there's been literature, which is pretty amusing. And it also is kind of a satire of uh, agents and promote, book promotions and how funny they are. And uh, also uh, when he suggests that uh, the famous blind poet Homer should write an inspirational memoir, I tried to put every 
cliche about blindness in one sentence, and I think I got pretty close to it. Um, so that's the kind of fun I have writing my column, and I hope uh, it's nice to get some response, and uh, people are welcome to uh, write if they see in a co- anything in a column that makes them mad or is interesting to them, to write to the newsline. I'm always happy to hear from people. Um, it's been a really joy to write it, and I hope to continue it for a while. So thank you uh, again, Jess and Reg. I'm very gratified to receive this award. Thanks again to you, Ellen. The next award is the Teacher of the Year. And I got two nominations for this person, which is pretty cool when you get two letters for the same person. Um, And this award goes to Al Yardley. Many of us know Al. He's been to several other conventions. And his award says that Al is willing to go the extra mile to teach assistive technology to the blind and visually impaired. Al is dedicated to his work and puts the student's needs first. His quote that he lives by is, life is not waiting for the storm to pass, rather it's learning to dance in the rain. Congratulations, Al. Good evening, WCB. I just want you to know I'm so humbled and honored to receive such a award. A teacher's role is to give the students the tools to open the doors to a better quality of life, education, and employment. That truly has been my greatest honor has been an award has been watching each of you take that teaching, walk through the door and improve your life. For the last 21 years, I've had that honor and it's just been an incredible pleasure working with each of you. I want to give a personal thank you to a special person in the audience. She gave me a start 21 years ago. And without her, I wouldn't have been able to work with most of you. Linda Wilder is the lady I'm talking about. She took a chance on me 21 years ago, gave me the opportunity to work with her clients in Tacoma. And from that humble start, really, Access Technology has become kind of a statewide name. And I love that. And I enjoyed working with each of you. So thank you, Linda Wilder, for giving me that start and that push. And thank you again, WCB, for this great honor. I'm so humbled. Thank you. And and, and thank you to you again, Al. The next award is the Business of the Year Award. The person that nominated this person is going to be probably really happy and tickled and just to know that this business went above and beyond and their word says that Kirk's pharmacy went up and beyond than most pharmacies by offering accessible prescriptions to its blind and visually impaired customers without 
having to be asked by any advocacy groups. Kirk reached out to Vision America, who helps pharmacies provide talking prescription labels on medicines to the blind and visually impaired customers. Congratulations to Kirk's Pharmacy. And this is accepted by Kirk, who's one of the managers. My name is Kirk Hines, and I wanted to sincerely thank the association for the honor of being selected as Business of the Year. Kirk's Pharmacy at Sunrise is one of our locations. We had received a few phone calls from patients asking us if we had the ability to assist patients with their prescriptions that were unable to to see or blind. So I did some research, reached out to a company called Script Talk, and they were very helpful in getting us set up to be able to have the RFID tag attached to the bottom of the prescription bottle. The company is wonderful in that they provide the, the machine that reads the tag for free to any patient that needs that service. I was able to reach out and go speak at a a meeting in Tacoma and met some wonderful people there and basically asked them what services they were lacking or what they needed to make their life easier. And um, we moved forward with that. And Sarah was one of our our key patients that um, we were able to assist and help. And um, it's been an honor for me to provide this service to the patients that are in need to make their lives better. I'm, I'm honored to be selected for this award. Thank you so much. And thank you to you again, um, Kirk from Kirk's Pharmacy. The next award is the Certificate of Outstanding Service to, to WCB. This award is presented to Lisa George. And her award says, Lisa is a very energetic and enthusiastic about WCB. She is always willing to go above and beyond what is expected of her. She has stepped up to the plate, whether it has it has working with the silent auction getting all of the membership stuff in a, with Lori Allison had in a more workable system, running for WCB treasurer and doing a terrific job setting up the bi-monthly treasurer calls and assisting anyone and everyone that needs it. Congratulations, Lisa. I'm very surprised and I'm very uh, humbled and happy that I received this award. I've always been very energized when I go to conventions and I see 
all of the members together and can talk with people. And it inspires me and it makes me want to do more. And I'm, I'm happy to be a part of WCB and I'm thankful for this award. And congratulations to you again, Lisa. The next award is the One World Award. And many of you guys may recognize this name. Um, It is presented to Marty Schultz. And his award says, for his continuing interest in education technology for children with disabilities, Marty made sure that students and parents had support for their studies during COVID-19, like Braille, IA, tutor, which has innovated system to enable students to improve their braille literacy skills, which is so important. And congratulations to you, Marty. Hi, this is Marty Schultz, and I want to thank uh, the Washington Council for the Blind for awarding us the One World Award. When I got involved in this originally, as a lot of people may know, with uh, with blindfold games, where we built the first game really as a STEM learning opportunity for students uh, in my daughter's middle school. And one of the projects that we came up with was to build a driving game for blind people where you drive with your ears instead of your eyes. And while the kids didn't really understand it, I took them through how I perceived at the time blind people could use such a game. And if anyone's familiar with Blindfold Racer, you kind of... Uh, if the music is louder in your left ear, you uh, means you're getting too close to the left track and you steer to the right and vice versa. And you aim for noisy prizes like popping popcorn and avoid obstacles like barking dogs. Well, we worked on this game for about almost a year. We put it in the um, Apple App Store and it jumped to the top of the accessible games list. And I started hearing from people all across the world uh, who were visually impaired to asking me to make more and more games. I had done that for about four or five years because I was semi-retired at the time. Then I started hearing from a lot of teachers of students with vision impairments asking or telling me that they were using some of these games to teach concepts like directionality and fine motor control. A number of them suggested that we should really look into actually launching an educational company to do to, to actually build uh educational games for students with vision impairments. Well, I did a lot of research on it because my background is as a a software entrepreneur. And in 2018, after attending uh, the AER convention where all the TVIs and O&Ms get together, we realized that this would be a good thing to do and we raised some money for the company Objective Ed. And then over the next four years, really since 2018 until today, uh, we've been building out more and more of a a reinforcement curriculum that's been gamified. Um, When the COVID pandemic hit, we let schools use our system for free between uh, early 2020 and almost the, uh, the end of that school year. 
And we had hundreds, if not thousands of teachers sign up to use it and hundreds of schools start to use it. And now a lot of the schools are switching over to which was our original purpose was to provide a a game experience for students to be able to practice a lot of the skills on the expanded core curriculum between visits with their uh, itinerant TVI or itinerant O&M. In the process, we've won a number of awards relating to some of our innovations. We've won a couple of grants from Health and Human Services and the National Institutes of Health um, and other organizations. And we're working on many more projects and ideas that will help even more kids out there. So again, I want to thank um, the Washington Council of the Blind for giving us this award, and we're going to keep up the hard work and continue moving forward. I think that's amazing, the work he's done, and congratulations to Marty again. The next award, which was created a new award last year, and the committee decided to continue it this year, and that is the chapter that thinks outside of the box is this award is presented to South King Council of the Blind. And it says, Mika, who is the president of South, South King Council of the Blind, made sure that members could connect virtually almost every week during these uncertain times. Also, Mika offered many ways to connect members virtually and other members helped others to help members that needed help connecting each week. These brought South King Council of the Blind closer as a chapter and it gave members a chance to get to know everyone better. I think that's really awesome, and congratulations to Mika and the South King Council of the Blind. Thank you so much to the awards committee for selecting the South King Council of the Blind for the chapter that thinks outside of the box award. You know, it has been quite a few years for SKB and um and things, the events of 2020 did not make them any easier. But we decided that if we couldn't meet in person, that we were going to take the opportunity to meet every weekend and not have a business meeting every weekend because that would be, that. I don't know that anybody would come. <laughs> but um, just to get to know one another and I would ask icebreaker questions and it would, it really gave us the opportunity to connect with one another so that our members were not experiencing isolation, um, especially the kind of, of isolation that can happen um, during things like this, like what we experienced. And it has really brought our chapter closer together. It would not have been such a success if the members had not 
been on board. So it was definitely a team effort. And I am so thankful to SKB for this is really, this is something that you all created. This is something that you made successful. So thank you so much for all of those Saturday meetings when I was asking you if you wanted to be cookies or cake, or if you'd rather drink coffee or tea, or what was better, a biscuit or a cookie, and, and, and just really connecting with one another. And I really appreciate this so much. And um, onward to 2022. That is so cool how how they figured out how to connect during this time when we've had to be virtual. Congratulations to South King Council of the Blind. The next award is another Newsline Editor Award. Um, we have two editors, and they decided that they would pick two different articles this year. So this is the editor award and it is presented to Zach Hertz in recognition of writing about your connection with a parrot who had a disability like you entitled Oreo and his article appeared in the tw fall 2021 edition, Zach. Hello. I would really like to thank everybody for this, this award. It means a lot to me. It comes from the heart when I wrote this story. Oreo is a Red Lord Amazon. He's my buddy. I've raised him since I was 10. I've, he's 21 years old now. And when you connect with someone with disabilities, it really means a lot. And to find a companion that's a animal with disabilities there's a lot of you know connective connection there that makes it more prevalent you know i got to see what it was like to be disabled myself but then i also had to transfer what i knew to oreo which is you know an awesome parrot and he has his own personality and attitude so i had to cope with that so when i wrote the story it was really something that came from the heart i put what I thought into words and on to put it onto paper and it turned into that story and I could write pages and pages and pages about Ordo, but because it was a short story for the format, I put as much as I could into a short amount and it turned out to be the story. And I really thank everybody for, you know, liking the story and reading and reaching out. I appreciate the Newsline editors for putting forth my story for this award, and I really appreciate the chance to publish. I will look for. I look. Uh, I look forward to publishing more stories in the Newsline, or speaking those stories on the podcast for the WCP Newsline. So, uh, thank you so much, and I appreciate it. It was a. I hope everyone gets to read his article. It is really amazing, and congratulations. So I have just a few more to give out. These are certificates that are given out every year. The first set are chapter growth certificates. This means that chapters either have 10% or more growth during the year, and the chapters that did that are guide dog 
Users of Washington Association, Council of the Blind, Peninsula Council of the Blind, Snohomish Council of the Blind, South King Council of the Blind, United Blind of Seattle, Washington Council of the Blind Diabetics. Congratulations to all of you in 10% growth in your chapters this year. Amazing and congratulations. And then the next set are uh, official service to WCB. And the first one is to Andy Arvison for his service dedication as first vice president from January 1st of 2020 to December 31st of 2021. The next one go goes to Haley Agers for her dedication service to the Washington Council of the Blind as a board director from January 1st of 2021 to December 31st of 21. The next one is to Julie Brannon for her dedication service to WCB as president from January 1st, 2020 to December 31st, 2021. The next one goes to Kim Moberg for her dedicated service to the Washington Council of the Blind for, for her service as a board director from January 25th, 2021 to December 31st, 2021. The next one is to Lisa George for her dedication service to the Washington Council of the Blind as treasurer from January 1st, 2020 to December 31st, 21. And last but not least, Nathan Brannon for his dedicated service as a board director from January 1st, 2020 to December 31st, 2021. That's all I have for the awards and congratulations to everyone. And I'd like to thank my committee once again. Thanks, Jess, very much. And uh, congratulations again to all of our award winners. It's always really inspiring and awesome to hear um, every year about people who 
we have deemed as outstanding in um, serving blind people and people with disabilities. Our next presentation is going to be the introduction of our youth track participants. We've been hearing about them all weekend and um, the cool things that they were going to get to do. I keep wanting to go back and be a youth because they, they get to do some really fun stuff. But um, to tell us who these students are in, and uh, introduce them to us, um, please help me welcome Haley Eggers, who's chair currently chair of the WCB Families Committee. Haley. Hello. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> I was jumping the gun and hitting the Alt-A before it was time. Okay, I'm celebrating with you guys on so many levels wine sitting here. I'm toasting everyone um, for just an amazing, amazing convention. It's been really good, but I am looking forward to seeing everyone back in person next year, hopefully. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I want to just take a few minutes to just acknowledge and honor the youth and their families who took time out this weekend to be with us at convention. Um, it's been my pleasure to be WCB Families Chair for the last four years. And at the beginning, we decided we were going to get this youth track up and going again. And the first one, I think we had seven students. And um, <clears throat> this time we had 17 students registered, which may not feel like a huge jump. But when you consider that the last two years have been virtual and these kiddos are on Zoom calls all day long for school, um, they didn't have to choose to come do one more thing on Zoom. And so, um, you know, many of them have siblings that are um, really involved as well as they are. And so for their families to take time to be with us is just a huge honor for me. If there's any youth in the audience um, who want to raise their hand and maybe come up and just say hi and maybe share what your highlight of this convention was, that would be great. Um, I'd love to hear that. So like I said, I'm stepping down. Um, I'm sure that whoever takes over will um, just move this committee forward. It has been an amazing ride. We went from zero families. I think Colette said yesterday at the, um, the other day at the pre-board meeting that we now have 93 families on our list of contacts. And that's huge. That's huge. These families, we, we, you know, hope that we will serve as a source of inspiration for them. But truly, we walk away as committee members feeling just as blessed, if not more so. Um, and so it's just, it's just a great honor. I'm so happy. Deb, are there any students that raise their hand? Because I'd love for them to be able to share if they're out there listening. <clears throat> or whoever. I'm not sure who's hosting. I don't have any raised hands currently. Okay, so they may have retired for the evening. <laughs> they may not be here, but it was a lot of fun. I hope that you guys were able to join us for the Science of Sound. Uh, it was kind of the frosting on the cake before the banquet, and I, I really am happy with how things turned out. I'm so inspired by the bravery of the youth to come up and ask um, both questions that they felt would move them along in their career journey, but also in their journey of 
just coming to terms with blindness and what that means for them. And, and you guys are all a part of that. And I'm, I'm just very grateful, very grateful to have been a part of it for this long. And I will definitely stay on the committee. So thank you for always making them feel so very welcome. And um, next year when we're back in person, hopefully make sure that you take some time to um, spend some time with some of those youth if you get the chance. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Thanks, Haley, very much. Next, we're going to meet our most recent WCB Life members. So to provide our recognition of our new WCB Life members, please help me once again welcome President Julie Brandon. Hi, everyone. And I'd like to pretend we're at a Life member reception because that's what we would be doing in person. So I hope life members, the new ones that joined, feel received. And when we get back together next year, we're just going to say the words. And if we say it, it might happen, then we'll have a reception. But as of today, we had four new life members this year. And all together, WCB has 108 life members in total. Isn't that exciting? So I hope all 108 can come to the convention next year for a reception. What do you think? This year, we have um, Kayla King. On March 22nd, she became a life member. She is currently a member at large. Right now, she lives in Missouri, but she used to work and live in Seattle. Congratulations, Kayla. You joined the life member family. Next, we have a very new uh, person, new to WCB, and it just tickles me that he became a life member so quickly. It kind of put some of us to shame that took us a while. His name is Tim Downey, and he became a life member on October 7th. He's been participating in the Snohomish County Council of the Blind. Welcome, Tim. So glad to have you, number one, to our WCB family, and number two as a life member. Third, we have Yuki Tamura. And Yuki became a life member on October 14th. Yuki is currently a member at large, and she is also an OTC student. Welcome, Yuki. That was a big step. So you're with us now. We're so glad to have you again, part of the WCB family and a life member. We had someone join, if I understood Lisa correctly, just today. I love it <laughs> when we have a convention joinee. And Josette Kernahan from Canada. Welcome, Josette. I guess what she told Lisa was, you know, I, I wanted to bid at the auction, but that didn't work out. So why not put that money toward life membership? Josette's been a major contributor to all of our door pricing and auctions and has been a regular attendee at our WCB convention. So now she joins that life member group of people. Welcome, Josette. Thank you. That concludes the four new life members. Thank you, Julie, and congratulations to all of you. Yes. Uh, it's a great family to be a part of. So um, we're just going to have the reception to end all receptions next year. We're just going to be really positive about this. Well, you heard her this morning bring us the uh, presentation from National, from ACB, telling us a little bit about what's going on with ACB. And now we get to hear from her again, and I'm sure she's going to have some um, inspiring thoughts to share with us tonight to present our banquet address. Please help me once again welcome Deb Cook-Lewis, ACB First Vice President. Deb. Well, thank you, Denise. I'm really overwhelmed, and I have to say this has been a fabulous weekend uh, because I've been 
not as active in the affiliate in the last couple of years as as I would have been in the past. It almost feels like coming home from somewhere and seeing all of the growth and change and um, energy and cohesiveness of this affiliate is is really exciting for me. I uh, have heard different people this weekend talk about their dreams. And uh, I used to have a dream. I, I don't know if I have it anymore. Um, I used to have a dream that, and I, and I wasn't necessarily thinking that I would ever be a, an officer in ACB or anything, but I had this um, fantasy that, that if I could afford it and had the time, that I would love some year to travel around to a lot of state affiliate conventions and get to know all of our state affiliates. And I and I was really sincere about that. And I wasn't, you know, campaigning for any kind of office or thinking about anything like that. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we had this thing called the pandemic. I, I guess you've probably heard of it by now. And um, it changed the way we do business and the way we think about so many things in our organization and, and everywhere in the world. And this is certainly true in ACB. And our state affiliates went online for their conventions a little cautiously the first year and with great gusto this second year i have to tell you and i had the great privilege in my employment of having been exposed to just about every online meeting resource in the world because although most people have just recently gone into a virtual work environment my office had been in a virtual work environment for many years we had employees in india we had employees in south africa we had employees in different parts of the us and so we were always using online meeting platforms for things and we had just before i retired a few months before I retired, we got involved with using a new program called Zoom and we were doing this. And so when we went into this pandemic thing, um, I suggested to ACB that this might be one of the most accessible uh, packages we might be able to use to, to do some of our meetings and some of our activities with our affiliates. And the first thing I did for an affiliate as an event like this um, was an online night only um it was sort of challenging because we didn't know the ropes then we didn't know how to do them well and so it was um their uh, 30 or 40 items took us about four hours <laughs> to do so we've gotten a little better at it than that now but at the time that was kind of par for the course so all that to say that we and we've done that, and a lot of people have been engaged in doing this. Um, you've had lots of different people assisting you this weekend uh, from ACB Media and from the uh, the community and, and around ACB trying to uh, make things go as smoothly as we can for you. And um, I've now been to a lot of state conventions. I've been to five this month. <laughs> so that's a pretty phenomenal number of conventions. And when um, when Rich hitting Ohio and then coming to uh, WCB, I said to myself, oh, two is nothing, Richard. I had three to do three weekends or two weekends ago. We did new and I was part of that one and, and I was part of uh, Michigan and part of Missouri all in the same weekend. And when they're not all in the same time zone, that does get confusing. 
But I think one of the things that I've really seen in our organization in doing that, it's been a lot of fun, but the thing that I've really seen in our organization is how much our affiliates have adapted to a new environment and a new world. And, and adapting is really kind of what it's all about. And I didn't want to give you a whole lot of heavy thoughts because you've had so much this weekend. We've all had so much this weekend and we're all pretty tired. Um, but I thought it would be great to just share pivotal kinds of experiences I've had, and you can probably relate to them with similar experiences in your own life. And um, and I hope so, because I think we all, all sort of have those. It's like, what has happened that has been a pivotal change moment in our life? And, and, you know, maybe the pandemic for all of us has been one of the most recent ones, but I'm sure we've had some others. So I thought I'd share a few vignettes of my own familiar with them and I'll remember them till I finish talking but you'll have your own to to think about and share and um and hopefully maybe give you something to to kind of think about as we move ahead and it's all about the cup being half empty or half full or whatever adage we want to use I guess one of my earliest um, pivotal experiences in life was um happened to me when I was seven um, when I was seven on October 14th, I can only figure this out because of some other events that I'll tell you about. But on October 14th, I took my first ballet lesson. Now, you have not been reading about me in the news as being a blind person who was totally successful in ballet, right? Happened because I only got one ballet lesson. And it wasn't because they decided a blind person couldn't take ballet or do any of that. It was because the next day I had um, an unfortunate close encounter with a truck. Um, and on October 15th of uh, 1960, which um, I was seven at that point, um, I was actually run over by a truck that made an illegal exit out of our yard. And I was riding my bike and doing my thing. And this guy decided instead of using our turnaround, he would just do a wheelie on the grass. And um, he got me. So I... It sustained some pretty major injuries, uh, some of which are still part of my life. But it, it was a pivotal moment. It was the moment that I found out I wasn't going to be taking any more ballet very soon. Um, and there was a, a lot of challenge to that. But, you know, the, the, um, the issue there, of course, was about whether to sort of let that become a deciding factor or move forward. And um, I am so fortunate that my parents were uh, very, very encouraging to me. Not only uh, did they uh, now have a daughter who was blind, they also had a daughter who had some pretty significant orthopedic challenges to work through, most of which I did work through and have um, been pretty okay about but it was it took a long time and it was really really hard so um, I think about physical challenges and adding things to that and one of the things that I thought about as I thought about that particular challenge was the um, experience that I had with how people confuse 
um, their ideas, of course, of disability and what we can do and what we can't do and, and how they get that all mixed up. And one of the f- interesting ones for my family was um, when I decided that I wanted to go to camp and I wanted to go to the uh, campfire girls camp and they had paperwork, of course, for you to fill out and you had to go for a medical exam. So I uh, went for the medical exam and the doctor was reading down the list of things they do at the camp and they wanted you to check off. Is it okay for your you know patient to do all these things? Is that good for them? And so he got to horseback riding and he, he said, oh, well, well, check that's going, that's not, that's not an option. We're not doing that. And my mom said, um, oh, really? Um, we've actually made quite a few adaptations about that. Uh, My parents had horses and I did have difficulty mounting a horse because of my um, physical situation, but we had come up with some adaptations for that and I mounted the horse. And so my mom was all busy assuring him that I could ride the horse. It was fine. And he wasn't even thinking about that problem. He was, of course, stuck on my being blind. And it had never occurred to her that a blind person couldn't ride a horse. So it was just kind of one of those fun situations, I think, that we all get ourselves into. And that was really challenging to to my parents. Um, I think another um, pivotal time in my life in terms of kind of having experience of that that sort of changed things, and a lot of people don't know this one about me, was that I was fired from my second job. I had a wonderful career. I worked for the Department of Services for the Blind. Um, city of after a number of years there. And before those, I had a few other jobs and I had a long, long state um, career. But one of my pivotal job times was actually being fired, not just, you know, the usual kinds of things, but actually fired. Um, And it's not something to exactly be proud. It definitely uh, shapes your thinking for the future and can really make a difference. And so what like, what are you going to do with this? Are you going to... um, decide that it's all over? Or are you going to be bitter and angry? Are you going to um, learn from it that you can apply to the rest of your career? Um, and fortunately, I chose uh, the latter, but not on the first day. I have to say that the reason those other suggestions come to mind for me is they definitely were part of the experience. I was so hot and so angry. But ultimately, I realized that I actually was not the most mature employee. Um, I did some things that were, never did anything really evil or bad, but I, I did things that, that weren't the best, that weren't, that weren't modeled, that weren't the kind of employee that I should be and that my employer thought I should be. And so my employer um, decided that um, I was going to be let go. And that was that was very, very hard to work through. But I have to tell you that it's possible um, to do that and it's possible to um, to get yourself um, around around those kinds of things. So that was sort of another one of those pivotal times for me where I had to kind of work it through, and decide whether my life was over or whether it was done or not. Um, 
I do want to share along those lines um, was when I was uh, 16 and I got my first actual pay. Excited about this possibility. I was planning to be a music major in college. That never was ultimately part of my career, but it was my major. And I um, wanted to have a job in music, at, you know, because I was planning to do this for college. And I could go to work when I was 16. And I, um, I was uh, taking piano and organ, my organ instructor said that I could probably get a job uh, playing uh, for one of the larger churches that actually do the music. And so he said that he periodically got offers and wasn't looking for one. And when he that was good, he would give it to me because he thought I would be excellent for this. And so I was really excited. So the offer came along. And um, he said, well, I can't take this, but um, I have a student who uh, can do this, and I'd like to. Oh, that'd be great. Any of your students would be well worth having to, to work for us. So he said, okay, well, I, I need to kind of come over and, and figure a few things out. My student is blind, and I need to make a few adaptations about how the information about what's happening in the during the services and events um will she will get that information so i kind of want to come over and observe oh uh well you know i don't know um so we'll pay her we'll consider this but we'd like to pay her half what we were going to offer so unfortunately there wasn't any you know state law against discrimination yet that's back before that and no ada so there wasn't going to be any defense but he just basically told them no you're not doing that and so um we kept working through it and ultimately had the job and it wasn't very long after i got the job um, that instead of paying me what they had offered to pay which they were going to now pay half of they actually ended up paying me twice what they had initially offered so that's really four times the half if you look at it that way so um i think it really is it's it's not so much about um you know being being better at it or anything it's really about deciding to to take the high road to um, feel confident to move forward and to uh, just do what it takes um, to get yourself there and i think that that's a, such a significant thing um, i want to close with just a couple of additional thoughts and i know it's all been a little bit random but i it's just sort of the stuff that's inspired me over the weekend and I, I see so much in our organization about the importance of um, leadership and mentorship. And I just want to stress how much it um, has meant to me over the years to have uh, a variety of mentors in my life. And some of our mentors are people who we're in some kind of formal relationship of mentoring, you know, whether where it's assigned, like <clears throat> from our employer or our work or our school or some other kind of situation, we give and get is just by observation. And so I just want to challenge each of us, pick some people, a, a person or two even, who we 
really want to emulate, who we admire and who we really respect in some way in, in relation to things they are doing or um, processes they follow that would benefit us. And, and I just wanted to share a couple of things about people who have mentored me over time that I think are really important. Um, one of the people who, of course, was one of my major mentors was Sue Amater, who, of course, is no longer with us, but was definitely one of my uh, close mentors. And I really um, think that she taught me so much uh, about so many things, both with advocacy, both in terms of perseverance, both in terms of just um, never letting go of the of the prize of the goal. And um, that was such an important relationship for me. Another relationship of a mentor who is um, someone who is um, not with us anymore, but who meant a lot to me in those ways um, was my good friend, Anne McKay. And I think everyone ought to have a life friend, um, one of those people that just knows you inside and out. But she in hospitality and graciousness, because I would say that my weakest link is there. And she taught me so much about um, really sort of reaching out and um, being empathetic and being um, well gracious, just as I said. And so I think those things are, are so important as well. Um, some people who are definitely still with us and who have been real mentors to me um, have been uh, Denise Colley, who uh, I was just so privileged to that we had as our mistress of ceremonies tonight because um, Denise has been such an encouragement to me over the years and uh, such a role model. And I just really, really appreciate her so much. I appreciate this organization so much because you things. Your commitment to youth is absolutely fabulous, both through the program that you do um, through families and through the scholarship program, um, I think are both just really, really great. And I just don't know of any other affiliate that is more involved in, in families and youth um, than this one. Um, your commitment to older people is really important. And, you know, um, everybody's worried about the organization getting younger. We got to get younger. We got to get more younger people. But guess what? There are more older people with vision loss than, you know, any other category of people. So uh, the fact that our organization is still reaching out um, to seniors and really trying trying to make an effort there is hugely significant to me. And not just because I am one, but hugely significant because that's really where the bulk of our population is. And so we need to be reaching out there. I was delighted to hear that we were thinking about our members at large. We live, um, my husband and I live in Clarkston, which is about 150 miles from anywhere. Actually, it's about 90 miles from Walla Walla. And the Kazmarskis are the closest members to us, they're 60 miles away. So, um, you know, I just really think 
um, that um, the the idea of having a members at large um, kind of uh, group as part of the organization is is an excellent resource and something to be very very positive about. And so I'm just continually excited about um, everything that WCB is doing, and I'm so thankful to be part of it and um, thankful for the role model that this organization is. And I'm looking forward to um, many more years of this organization, and I'm looking forward to us being together next year in SeaTac when we can get together for our convention. So I thank you so much for having me this evening and i'm i'm really honored because as i think about it uh especially in the virtual environment you could have just anybody you wanted and so the fact that you wanted me means just a great deal to me and i thank you so much for being here and being together and being together near or far wherever we are it's just it is wcb so thank you all so much thanks deb and I just want to take this opportunity as we start to bring things to a close to thank a whole lot of people who made this weekend possible. I want to thank all of the streamers, all of our hosts. Um, I want to thank President Dan Spoon for being one of our auctioneers last night. Thank you to Cindy Hollis for being our other auctioneer. Thank you to the convention committee who put all of this together and made it such a success. Thank you to all of those who um, listened to us on ACB Media. Um, you just got more of a taste of who the Washington Council of the Blind is. Now, we've always had kind of a reputation with ACB as being a really vital, viable, exuberant affiliate. And... Um, so those of you listening to us on ACB Media got to hear a little bit more about our conventions and what we do. And I want to thank all of you who took the time to um, listen in and find out more about who we are. And to all of you who have spent hours this weekend on Zoom um, listening to all the wonderful presentations that we had, it has truly been um, a great uh, virtual convention. And we are going to be totally positive about the fact that next year um, we'll be back together. I hope I can join you, depending um, on what I can afford at that point in time. Um, but just, it just, it's just been an awesome convention. And I think that we have some final door prizes to give out. And if I remember correctly, I think we have three final yes. door prizes. So let's finish up our door prizes. Okay. Okay. It's the end of the night. Yay. It's the end of the drawings. We're almost finished. All of the names have gone back into the pot for Take the winners. All right. Okay. So what we're gonna do is Frank is gonna draw the first name, Sally's gonna draw the next name, and then Reg is gonna draw the third name. But we're gonna flip them uh, in reverse order when I announce which uh, prizes they get. So Frank, you draw the first name. Okay? Got it. Sally? Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay, I got it. All right. Reggie, shake it, Reggie. You know you like to shake it. Okay, <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> All right. 
Okay, now I've got the winners. Letting you know what they are. Reg, our first banquet door prize drawing is a $50 Amazon gift card that's been donated by South King Council of the Blind. So oh. who is our winner? Wow. It's uh, John Ross from Bakersfield, California. Wow. wow. California. All right. That's pretty cool. Okay. Sally, our next set of uh, door prizes is actually three of them all together. There's a $50 Amazon gift card donated by United Blind of Tri-Cities. A $10 Starbucks gift card donated by Reg and Lisa George. And a $10 Subway gift card donated by WCB Diabetics. So all three gift cards go to... Look. Oh my, it's for Gabriel Olson. From Olympia, Washington, and I think he's, he's a scholarship He's a scholarship winner. Good Congratulations. They have some places right. to go eat yeah. in school. Students love food. Yep. Okay. So, Frank, our last a big prize is a $100 Visa gift card that's been donated by Guide Dog Users of Washington State. So, the big winner tonight is... The winner is John Ornis from Everett, Washington. All right! Yay! Thanks, Yay! Thanks everybody. Yes. We liked being your uh, door prize team. It went much better this way. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for the wine, friend. Yeah. And and thanks to everyone that donated door prizes this year and and donated to the auction, and everyone that is supporting WCB. I'll just get the last word in there. Good night. Good night. Okay. Thank you. He always has to have the final word. <laughs> Thank you, Door Prize uh, team. I about said committee, Door Prize team. Julie, do you have any final announcements or any final words before we close this year's uh, convention? Oh, thanks, Denise. The only thing I can say is thank you so much to both of our convention committees, the program committee and the behind the scenes committee. Hours and hours of work. Thank you. Oops. Sorry about that. I yeah, think okay. right. I'm sorry. I, I, I love to talk to music. Yes, anyway, exactly. But th- yeah, but thank you so much. And thank you, everybody. I, you know, I talked to, um, Someone today, and I just have to brag, and they said they've been to a couple different conventions. They said WCB is a professional convention and run just top notch. So thank you all so much for your work. Appreciate it. Thank you, Julie. And thank you, everyone. And good night. And have a great Halloween tomorrow. Is Halloween tomorrow? Oh, my goodness. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no.